And welcome to episode 475 of Conversation Street. We're coming up to you early this week with a brand new episode of the podcast because Coronation Street has been, or the whole week's episode is already out and we've seen it. And I don't know what day this is that we record that they were uploading it. Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe. I don't know. It shouldn't be Wednesday. What was the point of recording it on a Monday if we upload it, it on a Wednesday? It might. Uh, the plan is to get this out on Tuesday, but I can't make any promises. But it doesn't matter. Um, so, so, it does matter. So some of you will be listening to this midweek when we um, when we release it. Some of you may need to wait until Sunday, because tonight we are talking about the episodes that were broadcast, or will be broadcast, I can't even get my head around this, in the UK between the 14th and the 20th of June but were uploaded on the ITV Hub on the 14th of June, and that, if you're counting, is episode 10,350 to 10,355. Do not listen to this if you do not want to be spoiled for episodes from this week, because we're talking about the episodes that are going to be shown on a Monday, Thursday and Sunday. So that's Sunday the 20th of June. So if you haven't caught up to the 20th of June, by the time you listen to this, you're going to be surprised. You you are indeed. I mean, even um, I think I think some of the people that um were well, a lot of the people that have viewed it on the hub like us today would have been a little bit surprised by what went on in the Sunday episode because there hadn't even been any um synopses in the press release for that Sunday's episode because they're coming out tomorrow Tuesday. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Gosh. So everything that went on, I don't think anybody I they could came have out known. Two weeks before. No, 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 just a week before. Really? Yeah. How long so has all, that been going all the on? drama with the gunshot. No, doing that always, always. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, two weeks in advance. So we've had a bit of a corrific evening this evening, haven't we? <laughs> corrific is a good word for it. <laughs> it's, it's currently half past nine that we're just starting to record right, this stop on, on Monday night, a school night. Um, and and um, I came home from school like proper early today as well, didn't I? I think came I left, home really early. I left school at four o'clock. Um, which is almost unheard of for me. This is what just... they, what people think teachers do. But I know, this is not I know. What happens? And what we when did we start watching Cory? Like five, maybe. Yeah. We had a bit of a break. We watched the first two episodes. Um, immediately. And then, immediately. Then we had dinner and watched an episode of The Office, just a bit of a Cory breather. And then we got back on with the last episode. So it's it's taken up a good chunk of our evening. And I can't say that you know over the four weeks that this is happening, we're going to be able to be quite so timely every week. It it all depends on how soon I can get home on Monday evenings, honestly. And um, yeah, some are better than others. But um, how how have you found the experience so far? Because we've obviously um, vented quite a lot about the prospect of Corrie being uploaded on the hub. Um, was it, was listen, it hard work? Was listen, it okay? Did you enjoy it? The only reason I ever would have a problem with this is if it was permanent. I think it would be a bad move if it was permanent. Yeah. And it worries me that it's possible that it could be. But doing this on a one-off is okay would have been better if it had been during the summer holidays because then it would have we could have like done it you know and had it all done in one day yeah i mean i must admit that as i was having a look on the internet this morning i, I haven't been on twitter too much I, i've had been alert to be fair play to people i I've, I've seen one little spoiler about what happened but, this but week but it's not but, yeah, I, but I have been a bit jealous okay. of the people that have been posting around saying I've, i i binged them all at six o'clock this morning it's like ah oh. do you remember like i said a few weeks ago i don't like people knowing about what happened with me not knowing it's not fair yeah, I do. And that makes it, I'm having a hissy threat fit and throwing the toys out of my pram here. But um, I'm caught well, up you know now. now. I know, and I know. And also you're saying, oh, people have been really good. Um, 
we don't, Coronation Street doesn't want people to not tweet about about what happened. This is the this is the real big problem, I think. If you're a spoiler phobe and you still want to keep up with Corey, you you kind of shafted here because you can't go on Twitter or Facebook until you've seen everything. You, you're beholden to somebody else's schedule just as much as you ever were before. Well, it's just um, it's it's down to how well you can trust people because I've seen lots of people say people? To, to not post spoilers. Yeah, but I've listen, seen lots of people saying that. No, Michael, not. it's not a spoiler. This is what I'm trying to make it clear to you. This is not a spoiler because it's been released. Well, you know what I mean. No, I know what you mean, but I'm trying to tell you Coronation Street this is antithetical to what Coronation Street actually wants to happen. They don't want nobody to tweet about this until it's been on air. <laughs> they true. want people to talk about it as as much as possible, if not more than usual. But people are, you know, some people are not tweeting on for per, for a reason, and we're doing the same thing. I don't think this is good for Coronation Street. We've had so many so many times about how quickly the shine falls off of your enthusiasm for seeing something new, and you can't talk about it with people. How quickly you suddenly become interested in something different. Mm. I mean, theoretically. We could schedule it so that we tweet about things as they happen, as they're shown on TV. Um, we could do Can't that, or we could watch that. it. We could watch it when it's live, but it's, you know. But it's exciting to talk about something as you're watching it, and that's one thing that I really don't like about this. Um, I feel like I really am missing looking on Twitter to see. Oh, what did everyone else? There were a few about? bits or, that we watched today. Going, oh, gosh, oh, I got a funny tweet. Pick, I was like, yeah, oh, we can't put that. Make out. a tweet about this and <laughs> see what everybody thinks. I have actually seen quite a few people saying, oh, "I'm going." I've watched it on the ITV Hub, but then I'm going to watch it again in the evening. And that's life, what they want to do. Too short suckers. for that. <laughs> well, we've got a podcast to do. I don't well, think. I don't think I've got the energy to watch these these episodes again. I am a little bit sad that it's now going to be a whole week yeah, until we see it again. Look, we've still got you know, plenty of classic Coronation Streets and everything, but it's going to be weird, isn't it, going a whole week without seeing I know. anything? I know. How did you find the experience of watching almost three hours solid Corey? It did make my head... I've got a headache a little bit. It's the heat, mostly, and the stress of trying to cook dinner and watch Corey at the same time, but... Um, I thought that particularly Monday and Wednesday's episode, I quite enjoyed anyway. Yeah, I felt I was, it was a good week this week. Yeah, I mean, I'd seen in the synopsis that we had emailed to us that Sharon was going to be back. Um, it said something like explosive return for Sharon um, <laughs> on Sunday's episode. So I think I'd built myself up for Sunday's episode to be a bit more exciting than it was. And I think, think the fatigue had set in just yeah, a, little a little bit by the time we got to that third episode. But I mean, I, Nina made this week for me and we didn't get to see very much of her on Friday's episode anyway. But yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't too bad, uh, honestly. But like you said, as, as long as it is just four weeks then fine I've seen an awful lot of praise for Corrie doing this um so whether they take that and say oh people seem to like it when we do this let's do it more I, I I'm not expecting you know as soon as these four weeks are over that Corrie turn around and say actually surprise we're gonna do this every it week now it will be down to figures it won't be down to what people say on Twitter mm. it will be down to the, the viewing figures sustain and did we get enough people watching adverts? The thing is, once they start doing it permanently, if that's what they're going to do, they can't really pull out, can they? Because like, if, if things start they to can. decline, but for them to say, actually, we made a mistake, I don't know whether they'd want to, oh, what, just, to lose they'd face rather and do use, that. They'd rather shut the whole show down than say <laughs> that they made a mistake. I don't, think I don't so. know. I don't um, know. We've also fallen into their evil trap by paying for... <laughs> ITV Hub, so we don't have to We have. Did we pay £3, £4, was it? 3 99 a month, or 
the year. Yeah, so we've just gone for a month for yeah, this one for the moment. Gonna, Thank you, Patreon. We're not going to feed the, the dragon here. No, and it was good being able to not have Adwork. Although, actually, it was weird. The, the, the thing that I found, often the way that the, it usually works with me taking notes during the podcast, I'm telling you this, listeners, not Gemma, because she knows, I think, is that usually when the episode's on, I'll make, like, brief nonsense, non-sentence notes, and then when the adverts are on, I'll go back and turn them into sentences and things. Sometimes. Where yeah, quite, quite <laughs> often. Well, you know, she's my best. Quite often that's my way. But then with this one, it's like, well, there aren't any adverts. So I was just plowing on and typing all the way through it, trying to get into full sentences. So I'm, I missed a bit must, more about what yeah, was going on. Yeah, you There were bits that I wasn't following, so that was a bit of a shame. Um, Made me feel clever, though. I was it, like, I can tell you what happened. It was okay, it was okay. And we had one instance of that hub crashing on us, didn't we? Yep. And, you know, considering our virgin internet is dreadful, I was expecting a lot more. I thought it was very interesting also that this week was three one-hour episodes and they really did feel like they were properly an hour-long episodes rather than two half-hour episodes put together. I think that makes them easier to binge. I don't know whether they were written to be consumed in this way, but, you know, if Coronation Street isn't supposed to be watched all at once, necessarily, even though mm. omnibuses have been a thing for a long time, they're not written with that in mind, it makes me... It's interesting to consider would were they to move to doing this permanently, mm. whether it would change the way they tell stories because they're still they would still be catering to two groups, the groups that are gonna binge it and the groups that watch it when it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's that's, a brave that's our new world. experience for this evening. We better get cracking talking about yeah, we it then. So um, we? I don't, I think we'll probably end up recording some of this tonight and some of it tomorrow night. But, but Michael, um, you've got your. Should... Most important thing that I've ever heard of in my life. I do, do. have my Nintendo press conference evening-y, lots of fun things on Tuesday night, but this... Uh, All that's going to happen is you're going to watch it and then you're going to complain to me about they haven't done this, that and the other thing and they're releasing a boring character you don't like on Smash Brothers. That is quite likely to happen, yeah, yeah. Or um, going, oh, they're doing another sellout Pokemon game again. <laughs> Okay, um, let's get going with the quiz then, Gemma, which you've been hastily typing up in the past half an hour. For quizzes, your Friday job, isn't it? Well, usually I do it on Thursday because I hate doing it last minute. So this was like the worst, (laughs) worst of all worlds. So you have to remember to do them. But this is weird because we're doing it in advance. So we're doing the 14th, the 18th. This is all very weird. And years ending in a one and a six. We did everything backwards. Like we've not recorded the bonus podcast for this week yet. And usually we do that. And we can't even. Take advantage of the fact that we're going to be free on a Friday to like go on a mini break or something to no, to like Italy. We've had lockdown extended again for four weeks. <laughs> we've just been told today, which means or, during my birthday it's going to be lockdown. Or have we? I think there's going to be some people that are just going to do what they want. I think so. The thing is, a lot of in fact, of stuff I can think can't... of one or two ex Coronation Street stars yeah. who've been quite vocal on Twitter <laughs> about um, freedom, think... 20, freedom, <laughs> freedom Day for the twenty first of June. Right? I think that most of the stuff that I want to do, you actually cannot do. So. I'm just excuse me. There we go. That was just me closing the door. It's okay, been bashing. Yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have just birthday, just me and you. How sad! I can't have a party with all my you friends. You can, friends. Michael. You can have six people, which really is more friend, more people than you have first friends. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't mind that as long as we can get right. out to Manchester in the summer holidays for a little bit. Quiz. Then I'm happy. Fourteenth of June, nineteen sixty-one. Linda and Ivan's son is born. Do you remember his name? Oh my gosh! What is he called? You think this is hard? The next one's even harder. You're going to moan at me. What was his... Co- I've what completely, was the sun called? That's completely gone out of my Chibesky head. I know. 
something I remember Chavesky. Martin Chavesky, because he was the one that was made up that appeared in the early 80s. Linda and Ivan's son. No. Gone. Paul. Paul Chavesky, yeah. Right. Correct, Gemma. Well Thank done. That's you. one point to you. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> 14th of June, 1971. Len and Ray tell Stan to form his own union. Uh. And they, they and Ken each have ideas about what it should be called. Len and Ray think it should be... <laughs> Go on, sorry. S-O-D-U. Yeah, S-O-D-U. S-O-D-U. And Ken thinks it should be called Solo. S-O-L-O. Yeah. What does that stand for? But I, do I get a point? S-O-D-U. Stan Ogden's... Yeah. Drinking Union. Oh, so close. What? Go on. Think of, a word, think of a union-esque yeah. word that begins with a D. Um... You're not going to get it. No, I'm not going to get it. Stanley Ogden District Union. No, I'm not going to get it. So, Solo, what's the that Stan Ogden's... Um, you should... In theory, you should... No. Union? No. Come on, you can't think of, like... I... Well, what? I told you, my brain's mush after three hours, Corey. Um, no, just tell me. Not a clue. You can't even be bothered to Legislation. Guess. I don't know. Labour organisation. Labour organisation. Come on, that was that was in theory possible. Stan Ogden and Labour in the same sentence. Never heard such a thing. Fourteenth <laughs> of June, nineteen seventy six. Annie is furious to find out that Reenie is going to be selling what in the corner shop? Booze. Yes, she's going to open an off license. Doesn't she end up um, selling wine, which is something yeah. that the Rovers never Doesn't sold have, previously, yeah. which I always sort of find hilarious. 14th, 15th of June, 1966. Under what circumstances... I mean, circumstances, because apparently that's the posh way to say circumstances. it. Circumstances. Circumstances. Mm-hmm. Do Ina and Lucille get threatened in the mission? Oh, there was some... Was there some kind of... um? No. Trade union. <laughs> um, was there some kind of rave up or a party or something in there? Mm-hmm. That's my answer. There was a rave before a party and Nina says, turn that noise down. Nina. Ina. Lucille. <laughs> Ina and Lucille. Yeah? Um, yes, yeah. basically. I thought so. Something Dance like gets out of hand. Yeah. 15th of June, 2001. Hayley and Roy are offered a child for the sum of £10,000. <sighs> but which child is it? It is a specific child. It's not just like Lucky Dip. It, it's got to be... It's got to be... It's got to be Wayne. Lucky Dip. That's That'd be really Wayne, rude. yeah? Yeah. Wayne hairs. 16th of June, 1986. A fire starts in the Rovers, but what causes it? Jack felt and mended a fuse wrongly. Yeah. Well done. Easy. Easy peasy. Although, if I'd have got it wrong, then. Too hard. 17th of June, 1981. Which character falls in a river and is abandoned because nobody knew they were there? Ooh. Die. I, I, mm, 1981? Yeah. Balls in a river. Uh-huh. I don't really know. Is it with a boat? 1981? <laughs> boat? No, I don't know. <laughs> You're just giving up really easily. I'm hot. This I is know. the hottest day of the year so far, and I'm sitting here with a cup of tea. <laughs> Go on. Just, just having had a roast dinner. Yeah. Um, Monday roast. Don Brennan. He, he was on Des's boat, I think. Des's boat in nineteen eighty one. You mean nineteen ninety one? Who knows? <laughs> you checked me. 
I don't think, I don't know. <laughs> well, there was certainly no Des Barnes in 1981. They didn't earn invented the yuppie yet, had they? Never mind, I'll let you off. Just uh, thank you. No point for it. Don't get it right. Don't There's get no it There's no point. Um, 17th of June, 2001. Which character dies in a bed? In bed. <laughs> 2001? <laughs> yeah, now I'm doubting all the, all Which the numbers. Which character dies in bed? I don't think you're allowed to just repeat the... Alma. Yeah. Yay! I don't want to give you too many clues. No, that's good. So I was going to go Edna Miller. You no, don't even you, know who that You is. would have been wrong. 17th of June 2011, Stella moves into the Rovers with her partner, much to Steve's Ooh. annoyance. What's the partner's name? Carl Monroe. Good old Carl. 18th of June 1986, which two characters on the way back from a night out in Sheffield spot the Rovers is on fire? Sally and Kevin. Yeah. They're having a little bit of a canoodling, canoodling. session up against the uh, community centre, I would have also they? accepted the warehouse, whatever it was then. Kevin and Sally. Thank you. Oh, it was, I think it was Sally that spotted it. Yeah, she did. Oh, Kevin, what's that? Uh, and then Terry Duckworth uh, comes seven. out in his jammy bottoms and saves everyone. So jammy. Right, seven out of... That's eight, all right, nine, that's all right. I saved myself in the end. Birthday time. So this is a birthday that's happening from when? This is birthday from Saturday, so you've got plenty, plenty of, time of time now. You to can get even send your card second class. Yeah, so that's nice, isn't it? Some good birthdays as well coming up. Go on then. Nineteenth of June, we've got Thelma Barlow played mm. Mavis Wilton. We've got Philip Middlemiss who plays De Barnes. Yeah. We've got Millie Gibson who plays Kelly oh, Newman. So there you go, newbie. Oh, everybody, I forgot. I'm, I forgot. I'm not. I haven't written about this in the news so far, but maybe I should. But Millie Gibson is doing the Manchester Run this September, isn't Great she? Great North Run, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to sponsor. Oh, what's the charity? Sophie. Sophie's charity. Yeah. You know. That the one. Sophie Lancaster Foundation. Yeah, so if you, if you want to um, go and donate some money to that, you head over to um, Millie's Twitter uh, page and then there'll be links there. And you can support her. You can, and we have already. We have already. We've used some of our lovely patron money, yes. which is what we, we like uh, to use that for charitable means. So mm. we've bunged us some, some dosh. So if you'd like to join us, please do. I think you can find, well, you can find it on Ad Cory Collect because I also did a tweet about it. Oh, well done. On my little... This is a side project. 20th of June, director Paul Bernard and Philip Lowry played Dennis Tanner. Love him. 21st of June, Maggie Jones, Blanche Hunt II. Peter Dudley played Bert Tilsley and Kirk Bride played Deirdre Barlow. This is a good week. Will Thorpe, who played Chris Gray. And then 22nd of June, Judith Barku played Janet Barlow. I really think very good week in Coronation Street. I mean, should we score them every week out of birthdays? I don't know. It's probably a bad idea. But happy birthday to everybody and and have a good week, everybody indeed, else. Indeed, indeed. Right, let's um, let's get talking about this curry that we've just been watching then. Right, so this week's curry then. Um, tonight's Coronation Street. We've just watched, been watching this for three hours on the trot, and um, it wasn't three hours because it was we didn't have adverts. We didn't have adverts. A bit less than three. Highly hours. recommend getting ITV Hub, even though that's I, just playing into their hands. ITV Hub Plus. Yes, isn't it? That's yeah. right. Hashtag not an ad, but it was very useful because we oh. saw not an ad. Today. Can I just say hashtag not an ad? What the hell was all that Spotify stuff? Surely that's a sponsorship. <laughs> Surely it is. They don't even have Google and Facebook they did in Weatherfield, but they've bit. got Spotify. No, I remember they talk about Google and Facebook, they just don't show it. So I'm sure if that we'd been able to see um, Todd catching off of Billy's Spotify account, it would have been called Actually, her Spotify yeah. or something. To be to be fair, Spotify probably would be not too keen on the whole sharing. Yeah, sharing each other's accounts. accounts. Although. It would, it, you could definitely have told if it was um, 
a sponsored account, a sponsored thing, if uh, Billy had said, mind you, it's really great that you can have a friends and family account where you spend, I don't know, what is it, nineteen ninety nine, and up to four family members. Did you can... know you can also listen to podcasts on Spotify? You can, you can listen to Street. Conversation Street. Yeah. But you, actually, you don't have to pay for Spotify to listen to Conversation Street on there. It's free. <laughs> Um, right, so we've got um, six storylines to start off, and uh, the um, uh, I can't even talk. Um, one of the downsides of this story, these stories just appearing, you know, this evening, has been I haven't had the usual couple of days to come up with storyline titles for these. So I'm, this Nina one, I don't even. I'm know. gonna call it Nina Regina. Nina Regina. Yeah, she's the queen. Okay. I want to. Call... I know you're not. It's not. That's not I how think... you say that is a vagina, but. I think Nina is having a bit of a breakdown, a bit of an emergency. So maybe we should call it Nina, Nina, Nina. Oh, she's great. Um, Hi, summer is next. She's high on energy drink, unbranded energy. Oh no, it did, it, it did get a name Dino? actually, didn't it? Something like that. Is it made yeah. of petrol? Billy doesn't like them. He doesn't approve. He's he, like, he's fine not. about shooting at Perum in the church, but crack open a couple of en- a can of energy drink, and it's no way. Thank you, missus. Um, <laughs> I love how also I've been making fun of summer and Asha being a pair of nerdy squares which I feel entitled to because I was a nerdy square when I was at school but it was just so funny watching her apologise to her dad the vicar for drinking an energy drink it's like oh Billy man she was she was smoking spice a few years ago can you not give her a break on the energy drink I know I know mind you um, they both seem to have had the same effects on her. Yeah. She just passes out. If she has anything stronger than a coffee, she's like, <laughs> she's collapsed on the sofa. Lightweight. Bless her. <laughs> um, we've got the, uh, I've written the, the Leanne of Judy story. It used to be called that. I don't know what it's called now, but Leanne is back. She's, she's decided, I can't be bothered to ha- hide out anymore. I'm back on the street. and Oh um, dear, I just got shot. Just almost got shot. Um, we had a bit of the rutting ties story, which I found um, endlessly entertaining this week. It was just kind of more of a side it's story this gift, week, wasn't it? But um, The gift that keeps on giving. It really, really was. Um, oh, and then we had the Gemma story. I do have a storyline title for this. It's called A Bit of a Cock-Op. Because <laughs> they're getting things. Cock-Op. Cock, 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 yeah. Operation. operation. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> should, should Alice have an down. implant? I was, it does look better. Look I better, was really yeah. interested that I was... Um, they brought this out. I wasn't expecting them to go you down this route, well, but this is what I said. Five stories time before we talk. No, about but this it. is what I was saying last week about deaf culture, mm. and they actually did go there, which I thought was really interesting. Yes, I was I even going to say last week, which I didn't say because I didn't know if it would be controversial or not. But I do know that some deaf people don't want any kind. Of, well, did I say? It? I can't remember. They you don't want any kind of medical intervention whatsoever to help. Um, uh, help. I don't know to change the way that deaf people perceive mm. things so they they wouldn't like some deaf people would say that that's actually um a bad thing and some of them get quite upset at the idea that you even would mm. consider it so yeah, no, it was interesting when they're in it is kind of if if you try to sort of eradicate deafness you're eradicating deaf culture which it sounds incredibly sinister and very sad. So you can understand mm. the perspective. Mm. I, I don't think they went too far into it. I mean, we had Frida, but anyway, sorry. Yes, we did. We had Frida, we and had Tommy O, Tommy and o. we had Gadass this week. I know. This was it was like the reunion. special it was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was the Friends reunion of Coronation Street minor characters. <laughs> um, and then where's, we... where's What's-His-Face? Everyone hates him. What's the name? Um, I don't know. Peter Rabbit. 
Uh, James Corden. Yeah, where's James Corden to yeah. to come and yeah. annoy everybody with his presence inexplicably? Well, not only did we have a bit of summer this week, Gemma, finally our last storyline of the week is winter, winter into Devindra, which was um, on Monday's episode. It seems like so long ago now. It's only only about four hours ago we watched that. So you, you wanted to bagsy the Nina yeah, story this it. week, didn't you? Nina so Regina. what has been going on with Nina? She, we, were we going to record, were we um, calling the episodes after the days that they will be broadcast? Or are we call them first episode, second episode, third episode? I haven't even discussed this, it's very no, you important. Haven't. How have you written, you've written I've written Monday. the month, I've written the days. Um, well, we can do both. Okay. We're, we're flexible, aren't so we? So what happened on Monday? In fact, it's happening right now as we're recording this. At the moment, <laughs> it is actually, isn't it? Um, right, so Monday, poor Nina, she has been bladdered in this alleyway, in Villain's Alley. She wakes up, She is there's, there's uh, bottles all over the place, she's hungover, she, um, she's been cold in sleeping in the, in the rubbish, and she hobbles out into the street. And he, she's, at the, no, she's at the cafe, and Roy's telling her all of her, his hangover ran, remedies. Like a banana. Have a banana, Nina, Nina, Nana. But don't draw one because it might looking a little, get start looking a little bit phallic, as we learned from him last week. You've got so many. You remember that? What Roy said? Don't draw bananas because they look like a penis. Yes, he said that you weren't listening. No, I wasn't. He said he did some still still life ones. Oh, and it, okay. And it got a bit rude. All right, okay. All right. Well, it depends on how you arrange the fruit, doesn't it, Roy? Yeah, if you put a couple of oranges at the yeah, base you're of it, asking, you're just for, asking trouble. for trouble. <laughs> um, she says, "I should have stayed. I I stayed at mates, and um, she, he's trying to get her to carry on with it, her comic, but she rips it up and says it's rubbish, just like her life." I've written comic here, but I think that we're probably not supposed to call it that. What's this called? Graphical it? novel. It's not a graphical graphic novel. Graphic novel. A manga. Um. Anyway, yeah. The definition she... of manga is. Oh, never mind. Controversial at best. Um, so, uh, she, yeah, she's she's just mad and having a tantrum. And um, it's, again, reminds me of the idea that um, you can just do the steps and get yourself out of grief and it's not always that simple. And, um, you know, to be sensible and to follow all the, all the advice and everything, sometimes people just don't want to do that and you've got to respect the process of, you know, mm. just because she's, she's a level-headed, switched-on kind of a person doesn't mean that she can't just let everything go. Mm. Um, so anyway, uh, he tapes the comic up and Ashes comes in and they're talking about um, what this is going to lead to and how she feels guilty and stuff. And they agree that she probably was not going to be up for counselling. And Asher wants Toy to... Toya's just like, no. <laughs> And no, no, we're mates she, and she almost got up off the sofa for five minutes, <laughs> but no. Um, so, Asher wants to look at the comics and again I can't believe this again that he lets her have the comics so she uh, Asha takes photos and puts them on Instagram and um Ardy wonders whether this is um how the attack really went down and this is why Asha puts it online so that she can reach out to people with similar experiences and in a way isn't this kind of what Coronation Street did where they took they made art out of a real life experience yeah good point all nice yeah and it is it is fair to sort of be angry and say that's not your story to to share. It's it's an interesting thing to to, to think about because often because you know Sophie the person who the story is actually based on has no input into any of this. She can't 
say whether she wanted this to happen mm. or not. We don't know. We can only assume because her mother's involved in the charity that this is something that she would have wanted. But it's just interesting to think about um, victims mm. who can't tell you what yeah. they what they want. So um, Amy comes and says to Nina, I like your comment, by the way, because Ash has put it on Instagram. And Nina's shouting at Roy saying, oh, great. I told you yet again. You didn't listen to me again. You crossed my boundaries. I said I didn't want anyone to see it. She goes round to number seven and has a go at Ash and she says, oh, did it get many likes? Did it get many lols? <laughs> Someone must have given it a lol, surely. Someone's like, oh, lol. Oh, oh, lol. And uh, <laughs> what did uh, um, Alina gave it a criminal she... or whatever? <laughs> did she, have know, yeah. she gave it a YOLO. It's like, yeah, I know. That's, and, and he's dead now, so that's insensitive. So anyway, um, she says, I was just trying to help. There's been lots of lovely comments. And Nina says, massive fail. Again, another thing for um, Alina's wall. <laughs> um, and tells her to stay away from her in future. So um, she next goes around to the cabin, not the cabin. Corner shop. Corner shop. And she wants to buy some vodka. And Evelyn's saying, you can't just drown, drown your sorrows. I'm not going to sell you anything. Um Oh, no, she's already given her this lecture, hasn't she? Gave, gave it yeah. to her last week. And we think that maybe Nina... I can't remember whether she stole vodka or we saw her doing it. But um, when last week? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that she probably did. I'm not, I can't remember whether we clocked that last week or not, but she tried to steal some again today, didn't she? And she was caught by Carla. I thought that was a really nice scene with, with her and Evelyn, actually. It reminded me a bit of after Sinead died and Evelyn was kind of... was seemed to give the most genuine... Um, offer of sympathy to Daniel like saying I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss and mm-hmm. it, it felt like she really believed it and she said the same about Seb t- um, about Seb today mm-hmm. to Nina um, yeah. it was very very nice so um, Carla's there and she sees her doing it and they kind of and, and really before um, before Nina can say anything Evelyn's caught her as well and Carla's asking Evelyn to let her off and um she lets her go eventually. And then Carla chats with Nina in the cafe. And <laughs> this is another funny bit where uh, she says, oh, I lost my, my boyfriend or my fiancé. Uh, he, was, he was killed. And Nina says, what happened? And Carla's like, oh, it was on a night out. And it's like, it was more than that, though, wasn't it? Long there story was a, involved yeah, Tony Gordon she mask, said, paintballing match. It's a long story, <laughs> but she didn't. She just said it was a night out. I think I think this week we'll put the uh, Liam Connor character profile up on on YouTube. Yes. Just for anyone who does so, who wants to know more about. If that. you want to know the story of the good, the, the big, true story the big of Liam Connor. <laughs> so um, Nina doesn't really want to hear about this, and Carla says, "If you bury your grief, it'll find a way to drag you back under." And Nina just storms off. She sees Summer in the street later and says, "Let's come out of the town. Yesterday was a laugh." And Summer's like, no, so, I Summer's like, not really. You get bladdered and yeah, passed did. out on the sofa. <laughs> Nina says, um, uh, Summer says, you should really go home. And then Nina sees Daisy is all glammed up with double glammy and going off to the bistro. So she invites herself along with that. Yeah, Daisy's supposed to have a kind of semi-date there, wasn't she? Yeah. And, and, and have a couple of friends over, but then one of them ends up pulling out. So, um... Nina's the third wheel. <laughs> She's getting completely drunk in the bistro, and the guy that Daisy was kind of in a date on a date with wasn't really happy. Daisy's just 
quite sympathetic. And you said earlier that you thought she was a really kind of a decent character this week. I did. This her. was this was Daisy's best week ever, yeah. I think. It showed well, me more human side. Yeah, for human side. I know that she's supposed to be a massive cowie bitch. I don't mind her being a cowie bitch. I don't mind all the time, but that's literally all she's been. It was nice to see her talking about something that didn't involve slacking off Johnny. Scheming. Um, and, and it showed that she's, yeah, she's got a bit of a... A bit of heart to her. Yeah. More, more of this, please. If if they can just touch on that a little bit more with her, then um, the I will thing. I will accept her this with open th- arms. Come the nineteenth of July now. <laughs> this is the thing I really like about sort of womankind is that Daisy doesn't really know Nina from Adam, but she's still supporting her and helping her and trying to um, protect her. Even though she she doesn't really because well no I mean Nina does she ever even go into the rover so she was there with her pint of snake bite um on Wednesday but you see what I mean like like she, Nina though. like she she genuinely cares about her and um just because they're both women yeah and and she knows that she's you know just been in through a horrific experience of a yeah. of a boyfriend getting but you know there's definitely death. a code between women um, mm. and on nights out even if you don't know if you even if you don't know them at all even. Anyway, Nina's stumbling down the street with Daisy later. Roy rescues her, but then she just hails a taxi and gets into it and goes goes off down to town. Um, so on Thursday, she comes home the next morning. She doesn't want to listen to Roy. So this is Thursday, a.k.a. episode two, a.k.a. actually just the day after the day that we saw. So is this... Does the next day follow on from this one? Because the next day after that is definitely Sunday. Because it's Father's Day. Let's not think about it. <laughs> no wonder they all look so young on Coronation Street. They sort of have three days for every seven of hours. They, they age in dog years. So um, she's not interested in Roy being worried about her. Then she goes to the factory for her presentation. Yeah, so she's got some pitch, hasn't she? She's designed some more knickknacks. And this she is, wants to... Um, it's not knickknacks, it's knickers. Knickknacks are Undercrackers. Or crisps. Mm, nice and spicy. <laughs> oh, I love a nice spicy knickknack. Do they still sell them? Yeah. Oh, um, this was baffling to me because she's... I didn't think she was a proper employer. I thought she was like a contractor who they... Yeah, I think that's She's like true. a freelan- freelancer, right? Yeah. So why is she calling the shots to Sarah about where, when there's a presentation and when there isn't one? Well, I think and Sarah why is Sarah that... letting her do it? She's an idiot. No, no, Again, well, Sarah was trying and saying, Sarah like, you sure we idiot. don't have to do this today? Uh, no, I think, no, I think you're being hard on Sarah. I'm she not. was trying to... She's a, da- she's a bad boss. She tried to stop her from doing the presentation. Michael, but was like, no, if you're I'm the boss fine. of a factory, you don't need to try to stop a 20 year old girl from doing something who isn't actually work doesn't actually work there i'm you not going to go, deny that sarah's a bad boss well, you but... shouldn't maybe do this you go go home and get yourself a coffee because you i think you might still be bladdered and you're certainly not in in the right frame of mind sarah sarah's such a, a silly girl she's got a lot to learn that's for sure you don't you don't get you your freelancer does not tell you what when a meeting is Okay, Sarah. Anyway, so she she just turns up with this presentation. She's really not doing well. She's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Entertaining. And not only that, but the presentation is... I thought the presentation was to her and Carlo. It's not. She's brought no. a bloody client in. Sarah's such a, an idiot. She's brought the client in to, this, to, to be given this presentation for, to, by this girl who's losing her mind, whose boyfriend was murdered. And she's like, oh, it'll probably be okay. 
So, so he's probably already you know, ringing her way around the ring road as we speak. But well, by the time um, Sarah realised it was too late, so she just give it a go. So the presentation begins. Nina's like, "Oh, I, I, I'm trying to find my design, but I, I can't find it." Uh, oh well, it's just the same as that one, but more purple and obvious. You know, like what what your clients like. And she's like, "Are oh, you trying to say my customers are obvious?" And it's like, I mean. Look, everyone puts one leg in their underpants at a time, don't they? Let's not pretend <laughs> that we're anyone's better than anybody else. So she says, stick your job, stick your stupid designer underwear, I'm going. So well done, Sarah, really. She's lost a client and, and a freelance designer. <laughs> and and from what we understand, Sarah can't design pants to save her life. So I, what's she going to do now? Well, it's not her job to design them, is it? Well, it was earlier before she hired Nina. Call Asha in. I'm sure. I'm sure she's not Asha. Um, what's her face? Uh, uh, Where's Alia gone? Alia, that's who I mean. Alia's not. Alia. Alia's not only she's good genius. at designing underwear, but she's got a machine that embroiders it. <laughs> she got that through blackmail. Anyway, so she goes back to the. She goes to the pub. She's telling Daisy about her evening last night, which ended up with her crashing at a stranger's hotel room. Abby's there listening and she, she looks worried but she she leaves because she can't stand to watch Nina kind of humiliate herself. Then the guy turns up that Nina had spent the night with and it's called, it's a man called Huey who's an older bloke. He was a character, wasn't he? <laughs> to be sure. <laughs> he is, um, he's got his wedding ring on. He is um, not a he's prize He's old, old enough to be Nina's dad. Well, she's been, he's been married for 19 years, which is nearly the same age as Nina has been alive. Um, um, she's, Nina's impressed. completely sloshed at this point, isn't she? She's, she's drunk, just... she's laughing. Huey gets drunk, he's singing, she's swaying along. Daisy's just getting annoyed. She eventually slings them both out and he invites Nina to come to his hotel room. To be honest, at this point, I know this was a toxic and unpleasant situation in which both Nina and Huey were using one another in a very harmful way. They were having the most fun out of anybody the whole week. I know. I was on there. I was on team Nina and Huey. Let's go back to the hotel room. Let's raid the minibar and eat cashew nuts. (laughs) So anyway, um, Abby comes to the pub later and finds out from Daisy what's been going on and which hotel they're going to. And can you guess? The only hotel. Can you guess which one it is? (laughs) It's the what's it called? Chariot Hotel or something? Chariot Square. It's the one. It's the one that everybody always goes to. One with the roof collapse. It's one where the roof collapses and everybody, every other person is a prostitute. Apparently, according (laughs) to the show. Um, Tina spots no Nina. Sorry. Nina spots Tommy O. Tommy Orpington is at the hotel. It's a swish place, of course. Only the most, only the <laughs> highest of clientele can go to it's such it's a the Hilton of swanky interiors. Yeah, she's quite excited to see Tommy, isn't she? Because well, she she just knows because she's like Luke, he's famous. Uh, he's famous. Yeah, her dad, uh, Richard, was his name. He used to like where That's he came right. to. That's true. And, yeah. Um, so she's like, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. So um, she's quite excited. She's telling Huey about it, and he, I don't think he's a football fan. No. Who'd have thought? Um, this soon fades when Tommy Orpington introduces to his manager, no, his agent. That, yeah, that's right. Um, County's up and coming young prodigy, one Corey Brent. And she's there, and there's um, this amazing shot of her, and the focus, she's, she's sort of behind Corey's head, staring at him in the distance, and the focus changes from Corey looking sort of stupidly excited. 
and then it focuses on Nina glaring at him like she can kill him with her eyes. Mm. And then later on, there's a bit where she's standing behind him and she looks like she's just dragged herself out of a well to take revenge <laughs> for watching a videotape. So um, Tommy is trying to get his agent to sign uh, Corey up. up because he thinks he's going to be a, an amazing footballer in the future and they're, they're having a brilliant time so Nina stands up and goes over to them and Tommy's like oh here we go sorry about this you'll, you'll have to get used to this when you when you have um, when you're famous because she just wants a photo and he takes a photo of them together and she's standing in the background I, what, what I loved about this was um, at first it took a little while for Corey to recognise Nina even I don't I can't remember has he has seen her without a makeup, hasn't yeah. he? Surely at the funeral. But I think he's more used to seeing her, you know, in a, in a goth makeup. And the, kind of the look on his face when he realises who this is. Well, he probably didn't here. look at her properly. No. Which goes to show you what kind of a person he is that he doesn't even look at people's faces. Because, mm. you know, unless you're doing something for him, he's not bothered. Yeah. So, yeah, Tommy, Tommy A is like, oh, um, you want to fight with me, but you also want to fight with this guy because he's going to be an up-and-coming star and you can say you knew him first. She's like, oh, I knew who he is. I know exactly who I love, he is. I love the, um, the first little selfie that Tommy O does where, where she's just standing there in the background. It's a very yeah. socially distanced one and she's just there not smiling or no. anything at all, is she? she it's is. hilarious. It's just like it follows. It is, yeah. Um, she, she says, maybe you'd recognise me better if I was laid on the floor. And Tommy O's like, oh, I thought that he thought she was saying, he slept with me and dumped me. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that she, I think no, he did think that. No, but then he becomes apparent that, he, well, I don't know, maybe. He, he thought that he knows, he knows about Corey's incident. Yeah, because she, she says if I was on the floor and then she, he gives a good look and she was going, yeah, and all your mates were kicking seven bells out of me, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, he realises that things are going south a little bit here. Well, he says, she says, I don't know much about football, but this lad has nice, strong feet. And the agent is like, this is, this is over. This is over. Tommy Orpington is trying to make excuses. He clearly knows that Corey's got in trouble about this, but he obviously believes Corey's story. And to be honest, until it's been tried in court, I don't know why you wouldn't necessarily. Well, if I wonder you... what this says about where Corey wants to take the character of Tommy Orpington, which, let, let's be yeah, fair, true. for the past few years, it's been nowhere. No, but it is interesting because it, we'd, you know, we've only known him as sort of a fun local celebrity local celeb, basically, who's yeah. quite indulgent with the characters and kind of finds it funny how excited they get Steve and Tim fawning over him. Um, But there's a more sinister side to him here. He really did, because even though... He he must have had you know some suspicions. He he knew that this guy was accused. He'd been a- yeah, arrested but... and charged. Yet okay. he was still trying to get the agents to sign him up. But I be- think that yeah, sounds quite sinister. It is quite sinister. But at the same time, I feel like I'm f- I'm a fair person, and I wouldn't want to judge somebody based on what somebody else had said. And I'd, I'd probably wait until after the I trial so would. I didn't I risk bringing disrepute on the great name of Weatherfield of course, County. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. But I'm not going to throw Tommy Orpington in the bin based on the fact that he believed a boy who is is pretty charming and convincing mm. um, that he didn't kick somebody to death, especially considering that other people were definitely involved. Yeah, I guess... Uh, well, I guess Weatherfield have got to snap him up before Man United is, get their hands on him, don't they? It's <laughs> a very, only a matter of time, surely. It, it does so very bad judge of character that you would even consider, you know, chancing it. Because I, I certainly would agree with you on on the point that you say, look, 
I, 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 go, I believe you, but at the same time, what, come back to me when the court cases are done. I wonder why they chose to have Tommy O doing it and not like James, for example. Not that, not that I'd necessarily want James championing me if I was Corey, but um, maybe it is because it is they really want to you know, take him down a bit of a darker route. If we see him again, I mean, as far as that could be the last we ever see him. I'm not expecting to see him again. I'm not expecting to see Frieda again. I... Maybe not even Dr. Gaddas, or maybe that that was her, you know, her last appearance in the next six six months. Well, I thought this, I thought this was interesting and fun. Um, Th- this and was when it was really hotting up. Th- this kind of second half of Wednesday's episode, I would say, is my highlight of the week. Corey calls her psycho after Agent and Tommy O walk off. He leaves. Um, she picks up his trophy, which is the promising young player trophy or whatever it is, <laughs> and tries to follow Football him. Football trophy. It. Football. Abby shows up and stops her. This was this kind of annoyed me a little bit because now we've had both women stop each other trying to kill Corey. Yeah, that's true actually. With yeah, a brick yeah. or a bottle or a, or a trophy. It's like, oh, really, just somebody, can somebody just kill him? Because <laughs> I feel like he's getting away too much with um, yeah, being nearly... stalked by murderous women. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abby sits Nina down and says, can't, look, you need to see sense here. You're not, you're not in your right frame of mind. But she doesn't want to listen to her. She gets up and she tries to go to Huey's room. He's, he's like, yeah, brilliant. Um, and Abby stops her and Nina says, I haven't slept with him. And suddenly breaks down and she's going, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. And this was really sad, sad to watch. Really... She's literally oh, is just lost. She doesn't know how to react to this. She's trying to process her grief. She's trying to cope with these emotions. She doesn't want to confront them. So she's trying to bury them and they're not, they're not going anywhere. Mm. And she's just making everything worse for herself, really go back to the cafe together and she's starting to sober up and Abby says look I understand um you I understand what you're going through but you've got to fight this urge to go off the rails like I'm having to do don't you think I would love to to just go on the drugs and forget this ever happened but you need to stop thinking about what happened because you're driving yourself mad there's nothing you could have done to have changed what happened and she says Seb's gone but what can we do we we can make sure that we don't make things worse and she's also saying, you know, it wasn't a choice. It wasn't like you or him. If mm. you had died, he might still have died anyway. You didn't choose this. Neither did he. So Abby promises... Yeah, she's got, she's got the old survivor's guilt, hasn't she? In she the does. case of the what-ifs. Yeah. Abby promises her that she's got her back and she needs to help accept people who want to help her. Mm. So Nina's then alone in the cafe when Corey comes to the door and tries to get in. So, and she, she, he's shouting, hire free. Well, no, she she opens the door first, yeah. doesn't she? And then he's just there in her face. Yeah, and she quickly free. closes the door. This, and then was, she, this is brilliant. This and then she picks the up the trophy. <laughs> she's still handily taken back with her from the hotel. <laughs> this I know, she's like, this is free trophy. I'm not going to... Let's say this is mine. Why? Why not? I mean, if I'd done football, maybe this could have been mine. She's she's pretty good with the old arts and crafts. She could turn it into something else. I don't think you get the year award. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, So he's like yelling through the door, going, "You're a coward! You're a freak!" So she picks the trophy up and goes outside, and he's like, "You're ruining my future." And she says, "Nice, you have a future. Seb doesn't." And he says, "Whatever you do, you're still a weirdo, a slutty little (gasps) gothy gothy freak," and um. I thought this was really exciting and I really wanted her to kill him. 
I, I, I don't. But really? But no, I kind of did. It would ruin her life, I know, but this is fiction, so she could get off on a technicality, I don't know. I mean, it did bring, it was kind of shade to Tracy Barlow and, Ch- and Charlie Stubbs, wasn't it? With, yeah. the, with the ornament, like, oh, I really want her to. But, oh, really wow. want her to be him to death. But um, I, I, was, I was wondering, I really, really was. And it was the same with, um, with, with Abby in the bottle the other week when Asha stopped her with, you know, the, the scene on the stairs. Like, oh, oh he really, really deserves it. But, but no, but th- this was fantastic. So I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know whether she would end up attacking him or what. She but was the, having that trophy there for the you know, <laughs> three, really four preceding funny. scenes. And you're thinking... It was a bit of a Chekhov's gun, oh, wasn't it? It really, really was. But it didn't get shot. Um, now, Molly Gallagher yeah. gave a fantastic performance there because she was just... I hate the word hysterical because it is a sexist term, but that kind of unhinged kind of... She was shrieking at him, and but she was just try, barely holding on to her ability to speak because of how upset and angry that she was at him. Like, coward, you call me a coward? You, you and your friends followed me and beat my boyfriend to death. I'm not a coward. Mm. And then she throws this trophy on the floor and it breaks. And he's like, no! And he, tr- he tries to go after her. And just as he's about to get to her, Roy opens the door and says, stop at once, your bail conditions forbid you. And um, he's like, oh, what are you going to do about it, Grandad? And then the police turn up. And that's what Roy did about it. Yeah, Officer Craig, he came he comes arrested, out and says, they? you're in trouble now, buster. <laughs> <laughs> You've incurred the wrath of PC Tinker. Oh, my God. He's Good very job. and he's very disappointed in you. Yeah. <laughs> On Sunday, Nina comes back to the cafe. She's been to visit Richard's grave, and she says, it's "Father's Day." Yes, it seems to have helped her a little bit. This is your warning. You've got a week. It's Father's Day. On Sunday. I know. It's a really nice reminder. I have bought my dad a card, but it's sitting there on the mantelpiece, and I've got to remember to send it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Roy and Nina have a little chat and talking about Richard, and she says, I want a boring life, really. And Roy says, I can do that. I can give you a boring life. Um, you've put the wrong bit in there about oh, something yeah. else. We, we, we move on to a different okay. story there. And then Roy minutes. says some more nice things and I'll then Nina it. gives him one of Richard's Scrabble racks. How lovely. Um, which is very sweet because, you know, um, Roy is no one's father, but he's a father figure to many people. So he should get a gift, shouldn't he? On Father's Day, just the same as everybody else. Absolutely. So what did you think of this? Then, oh, I loved Michael? it. This was easily the highlight of the week for me. I was, you... It was another one of those ones where I was a bit disappointed that it kind of fell off a cliff on Thursday, uh, on the well, Sunday, the final episode. The third but, episode. Because, it, I mean, if, if this had been, we'd just been looking at the the Monday and Thursday episodes. Very, and that, very that would have been good. everything. That, would have been, that was a really, really strong week. I mean, everything that, that they throw at Nina, she's just doing a fantastic job. She's She's amazing. Um, and I, I think the, the, the build-up to this confrontation out on the street on Thursday night, everything at the hotel, the, the moment, tell you what, the moment when they're at the hotel with, um, with what was his name, Huey, I, I, I was, you know, not for six a little bit when Corey came in. I had no idea really that that was going to yeah. happen. It's like, oh, what a brilliant twist. And, yeah, and Tommy really Orpington yeah. as well. Um, I, I like just... this. I really like this theme of um, this boy who thinks the world owes him because he's talented or gifted in some way and therefore if his if his um actions have consequences it's other people's fault and they're ruining yeah i mean it's um, almost like he believes that he's innocent i don't know yeah, does he protesting. or does he just think that um it's it's not fair because he's i think it's is there a bit of um 
classism and maybe even a bit of racism here where he thinks look i'm a i'm a privileged white guy i'm a kind of upper middle class my dad's got a business this kind of stuff doesn't happen to people like me mm. maybe maybe i've done something wrong in my life but i didn't deserve to go to prison for it that's what that's what you know and it, his dad as well uh stefan he's been just feeding him no it wasn't you you didn't do it and and it, it's almost you like you can imagine him sort of he's saying been listening he to was this and yeah. convincing himself. Yeah, actually, it, it, it was wasn't driven. really just me. It was me. like he was tempted into it. You know, like you can imagine. Oh well, what what was she wearing? Well, yeah. she was wearing goth outfits, so of course she deserved to be attacked. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when this comes to court, I'm going to be really looking forward to seeing how they play it and. Um, yeah, just how if convincing Corey, he is when he says, no, it won't be governor. If Corey survives going to court, because he keeps walking around people that want to kill him and sort of leaving weapons around for them <laughs> to beat him to death with. Yeah, it's um, tempting to Or like falling bit, down the it? stairs. <laughs> I mean, I, I wonder whether he's going to be, um, you know, locked up now because he's broken these bail conditions. It could well be, but this is like the f- they bang him up until the court case, and I hope it's soon. I think Corey is living Coronation Street's version of Final Destination. He nearly got hit by with a bottle, he fell down the stairs and nearly died then, and that now he's nearly been beaten to death with a football trophy. What is next? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I hope that it's not going to be too long for the court case. I mean, if, if the, this Harvey one is anything to go by, and also the, the Ray and Faye one, it could be a bit of a long wait. But um, oh, I, don't, I don't want this story to go on the back burner ever. This needs to be a little bit every week. Well, not every week. I just, I just think it's brilliant. And, and um, nice to, uh, it's nice to see that Nina has she's calmed down a bit. I think she understands a bit more now that she's got to you know, let, let justice be served. And... I know, but the thing is, I feel, I feel big sympathy for people who indulge in self-destructive behaviours for as a coping mechanism yeah it is it is self-destructive but can you not is she's not gonna she's not gonna die of liver failure if she has a couple of bottles of of vodka speaking of which how's peter getting on now she the last thing like, we saw of him he got his liver and it's like yeah we assume he's fine now blowing off some steam and, and letting go i think she you can be forgiven for like maybe a few weeks worth of that and then put the stops on it but once something terrible has happened like this you, I think you deserve to be cut some slack. Yeah. Everybody's just on her going, oh, oh no, it's really bad. I think Carla, I, honestly, I think Carla's the most realistic person here where she's like saying, just let her, like, of all the people, like Evelyn even said, of all the people who knows how destructive drowning your sorrows in alcohol is, Carla is the one. But she understands that this is a reaction, it's an extreme reaction to an extreme situation. Mm. Unfortunately, Nina had, does have some very kind people that are looking out for her doesn't she she's got Roy who's great I mean uh, the the scenes with Roy and Nina were fine I mean David Nilsson's always brilliant and um sometimes when he sits down and has a wise man chat with a character it's it feels a bit sometimes it feels a bit going through the motions which makes it sound worse than it is but no I said that last week it's all a bit twee and pat another another Roy giving worldly advice here I probably would have preferred to have seen uh, more with Abby or even Asher, who was sidelined a little bit this week. But it just so. goes to show you that being told the the all the right things is it doesn't even help. This mm. is the point. This is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Nobody can help her. It's, it's she has to process it in her own time. And and if if all this is part of 
her processing it, then just let her, as, as long as it's not self-destructive or anyone else gets hurt, you know, sleeping around, not really a great idea. She didn't sleep with him. No, but say. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, becoming an alcoholic, I'd say big no, don't do that. Mm. Not a good idea. You just got rid of one alcoholic. Let's not have another one, please. But maybe it's not the end of the world if she acts out a little bit. After all the time, after everything she's been through, mm. you can sit at home and, you know, watch some YouTube channels about grief and write a diary about stuff and talk to Do people a comic and book. look at pictures. But, you know, also you can get bladdered and lie in Villain's Alley <laughs> overnight. You think, can you imagine safe. me doing that if, uh, if you ever get beaten to death down a dark alley? Can you imagine me turning to the bottle? Yeah, a bottle of milkshake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice chocolate mocha. <laughs> um, well, I'd be also interested to see whether anything else happens with her and Daisy, who like I said earlier, was, was really great at offering kindness and sympathy. You'd think that she would... Um... And that the two of them have got nothing in common. No, They're I know, diametric but they both... Opposites, yeah, but she, her, her brother died, you know. Yeah. But then again, you know, if, if you were to say every character on the street has had an unusual bereavement at some point or another during Super yeah. Sick Week or... Sometimes it takes, <laughs> like, an outsider for a character who's going through a problem to take stock of their problems and uh yeah i don't know uh, it could be a very interesting direction for for daisies to go oh, i don't know whether it's going to happen or not but anyway um, i think um i still absolutely love anina i think she's great mm. um i want to really... know whether anything's going to happen with this instagram like is somebody going to see it is it going to trigger something for someone is one of because I, I don't really know what's happening with those other two that were out on the attack um, have they been hauled in by the police? Are they going to... I don't think so. Are they going to see the Instagram post and recognise themselves in it? And... There's, a dis- there's a distressing lack of <coughs> clarity over what the official story the police think actually happened is, you know, and, well, they... and what exactly it is that they think Corey has done now. They definitely and think who... that Corey has kicked somebody, whether it's Nina yeah, or but, Sam. Yeah, OK, but... They think that maybe Kelly did as well. But do they, you know, I'm, know. do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what evidence did they, did they even find evidence? We, we know for they who? were looking in, for the, in the river for what Corey had thrown in there. Did they ever find it? I can't I remember. they did. But they, I mean, he basically admitted doing it anyway. Did didn't he? It? It he didn't, no, he, he, no, he admitted he was there. I thought, well, I don't know. See? Anyway. Exactly. See what I'm saying? Like, you've just proven me right. Mm. Anyway, good stuff, good stuff. But, you know, again, Coronation Street isn't a crime drama. Uh, but the trouble is they it's are a doing... drama. Yeah. They are doing a lot of stories that are crime drama stories, but they're missing all the points that people... What people like about a crime drama, which is trying to work out who did what and what the clues are and stuff. Um, I don't see why they couldn't throw themselves more wholeheartedly into that nitty-gritty of, of stuff, because they flirt with it a lot but they just never really go there i think i'm glad they're there i wouldn't be able to follow it would i let's face it i know but not everything has to be for everybody <laughs> um right let's do the high summer story then so um <laughs> do we start on monday with well the first episode with billy finding nina's empty bottle in his flat and um he's a bit worried about this and summer says Look, it, it was it was just nina yeah she she was around here last just night grass. um and, and she's got a spanish assessment at school today as, we, as she was learning for with uh with Asher the other day. Bonjour. Well, it got partly that, doesn't exactly. it? Um, Billy tells Todd he's worried about Summer, and Summer herself is found worrying around in the um, Victoria Gardens later by Asher. 
Um, in the middle of a windstorm. It was, wasn't it? It was some kind of you know, cyclone hitting Weatherfield was, during that. There was wind She's everywhere. A, yeah, the, the, uh, Tanisha Gorey's hair just blowing all over the place. Which was ironic because today was the hottest day know, of the I year. Know. <laughs> so um, far. Asha tells Summer that she'll be okay, but I don't know, because Summer throws away her apple and her banana, so something is clearly up. Um, Billy comes back home later. Summer says that the, the Spanish test went fine. She doesn't look like she's being completely honest. And I, I thought they were going to go down the route as she, she skipped the exam. Yeah. But she did turn up, it turns out. Billy gets a phone call from the school later and she turned up, but did half the exam in Spanish and half the exam in French. Um, so they're a bit <laughs> concerned about this. I don't know how much that kind of thing really goes on. As somebody who did two languages at school, I don't think I ever kind of got them mixed up. That's because you weren't high on energy drinks. Yeah, maybe. Um, but anyway, I, I'm, I'm impressed with um, with Summer for taking two languages because not many people do that these days. I did days. French and Spanish. Well, I know, they did back when we were little, oh, back when okay. you had to do um, language at GCSE. Yeah, they, did, they forced me. <laughs> it's been a worrying decline. I read, a, I read a school report about it just last week. Oh, did you? But, um, yes, well done. The question is not, did she mix French and Spanish up? The question is, what, was it correct? Because if it was correct French and Spanish, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, she just did two, two exams in one. Yeah, She's exactly. the most efficient student that school's ever had. She <laughs> went into a French test and she got an A star in Spanish. What are you moaning about? <laughs> well, we're killing, to be in... killing two wazo with one, I don't know what Spanish was stone is. Stonio. Pierre something, or Pedro, oh, I don't um, know. What... What? what? No, it wouldn't be an A star, it would be a nine or oh, whatever it is. Whatever they say, yeah, I call it these days. Um, anyway, um, Todd and Billy are doing their best to reassure Summer. It's fine, I'm sure you did okay, because they see that she's at breaking point already. Um, and, and she says, oh, I'm going off to bed, and we see her carrying this, this dodgy-looking pink can. You can can. tell it's evil, because it's got an, it's got a lightning bolt on it. It has, yeah, yeah. Another, um, Michael Gleason creation, I think that one was. Um, on the second episode, well, I would then, buy it, look good. Summer is in, um, I, I, I think it was, I mean, it was energy unit for girls, wasn't it? What was it called? Was it to give you the energy to laugh and eat a salad when you're on your period wearing white trousers? Um, Summer's in a massive tiz on Thursday morning. Billy reckons that she should go to the doctors and she doesn't really like the idea of it, but she ends up um, agreeing just to get them off her back. Um, and she has a video appointment with Dr. Gadass, which is lovely. Yay. Nice to see her. I want it. I've got, I'm ill. I'm can ill can, too. Can yeah, you, me too. I, I want a video a appointment with Dr. Gadass. We don't even have to make the journey up to Weatherfield. Oh, God. Can you imagine how big our waiting list would be if she, she opened to um, international... <laughs> yeah, to the public. <laughs> international... What's yeah, it called? Patience. The actress who plays Dr. Gaddis, when she leaves Coronation Street, all she has to do is actually train to be a doctor for seven years and then she'll it be calling it in, yeah. won't she? She'll, get, she'll probably be able to shape off at least one year with all her soap knowledge. <laughs> um, it was lovely to see her. However, the um, obvious lack of Gaddis on Friday's episode when she apparently turned weird. her up as a flat and we just saw Todd waving her off. And we got to hear about her family, didn't we? She's got a geriatric um, mother. She's got a son, Dr. Gaddis has got a son. When are we going to be introduced he's, to him? He goes to the same school goes as Summer. Goes to the same school as Summer. Come on now, and apparently please. Apparently he's very loose-lipped. Yeah, I, I, we need... I've never wanted a new character more than I want um, Gaddis Jr. Anyway, um, that was really... It was a nice scene, actually, wasn't it? Um, I just... Oh, I love Gaddis so Well, much. she, she I'd, asked I'd making, her... I'd turn into... Um, well, a, a proper, even more of a hypochondriac yeah, than I already am if I mean that I got the chance to go and see her more So often. did you... 
This was really interesting. And yeah, I Summer's it. saying that she's all over the place. She's, she's just finding life really hard at the moment. She says, my head's full, but it's full of nothing. She talks about how COVID affected her, so it was very topical. She says that there was lockdown, remote learning, and I was thinking, hang on a minute, I don't think that Weatherfield Kai went on lockdown. I think we saw them going to school all the way throughout. Michael, but never mind, let's just have a little bit of a retcon there. It's weird, isn't it? To, like, we, we clearly saw that life carried on as normal, yet they're saying it didn't. Oh, and, it was well, a, and it was a little bit like how we had, um, when they had that break almost a year ago, we, talk, we talked about like Shona being on lockdown in Roy's flat, didn't we? And um, David had to go and visit her and serenade her out the window. So it's a weird situation where we're led to believe something has happened that we haven't seen and we just go, okay, we'll, we'll let that one slide, Corrie. But anyway, Gadda says that it sounds like you're a bit stressed, you're um, a bit anxious. Um, have you had dark thoughts? And she was like, no, but I don't know if Kate Oates is coming back to take over as producer one day. Who knows where okay. it could go. Um, she she gets a CAMS referral anyway, which is a mental um, mental health thing. Do you know what it stands for? No, okay. I think I've even got my acronym wrong. I think the, the MH in it is for mental health. So maybe it's C-A-M-H-S, Counselling and Mental Health Service. I don't know. Anyway, um, Gadassel's also got some stress-busting tips as well. Uh, which we sadly don't get to hear about. Um, Have you got the... You can't be bothered to do a spare buzzer, can you? No, really can't. Really, really can't. Well, because <laughs> I was going to say, the stress-busting technique is like, when when things get too much, just say, F this. Piggin! Just say, when I, have a, when I have a particularly stressful patient, when they leave, I just go, pigging heck! And then I throw a dart at a board. <laughs> Have you tried that? Um, Summer seems happier later. And um, and Billy and Todd have a quite nice moment where Billy says, Oh, Todd, you're a good one. And Todd's like, I oh, know. They're growing a bit Typical closer. Todd just takes the compliment. You're supposed to deny it, Todd. Todd hasn't been at all devious this week, has he? It's been no. nice to see more of his um, sensitive side coming through. This is really as much as I love devious Todd, mm-hmm. this, this, this is nice to see as well. But I'm still utterly convinced that he's going to screw it up and Todd's going to be... Um, with Paul by the end of the year, aren't you? Yes. So, um, the final episode of the week, it's Father's Day, it's Sunday. Um, Billy and Todd have both got Father's Day cards from summer, which is nice. I think she might have forgotten her actual dad, because whereas um, Steve and um, Leanne went to visit Ollie's grave, we had um, Nina going to visit Richard's grave. I don't think poor Drew even got a mention from summer, unless I mentioned it. No. Um, and she, so she's feeling pretty did, cheery did, and she invites them to the bistro for lunch. Did Drew have a partner? Um, I think he did. I believe so. So really, someone's the girl that's got four dads. That, yeah, that's, that's an expensive Father's yeah. Day, isn't it? <laughs> that she gets it all right when it's her birthday, isn't she? Apart from one of no, them. No, one of them's dead. <laughs> anyway, they're having a lovely time later at the bistro. Todd and Billy can see Summer's like full of energy. She, Todd's like saying, your leg's twitching. He seems to think that she's just full of anxiety for, the, for tomorrow's exam and she wants to go back home and do some revision. But we know that she's high on... Dino, was it? Is that what you said it was called? Um, so they let her go off and Todd and Billy get some time left alone in the bistro. Billy's looking very contented. Todd says, oh, I want us to be a proper family again. And um, Billy agrees to having him move yes. into the flat. I'd kind of forgotten that they weren't already, that he wasn't already living with them. I always find it funny when we have these really touching moments in Coronation Street where two couple, a uh, couple decides to do something significant in their relationship and you had as a viewer already assumed they were at that stage if not further along yeah because i mean i just thought they were that when i saw them today um or this this week or this week 
um, Todd and Billy hanging around together so much. I was like, oh, so I kind of had forgotten that he'd moved in with them. But then it turned out that he hadn't actually moved in with them. Mm. He'd just hanging around there all the time. Still living with Eileen. Poor, what's, what's she going to think about it? Losing her son yeah, yet she's again. She's going to lose out on some... Um, have we actually seen Eileen since she heard that Seb was dead? Right. I, I'm kind of Maybe a bit worried about, about her. her. <laughs> yeah, let's check in on Eileen. What's she doing? Yeah, everyone's worried about how Nina and Summer are reacting to this brutal murder. But Eileen, she's locked herself in the toilet for the past month. Time that um, yeah, Summer, we, we, we focus back on her. And what is going on with Eileen and George? If this was like... This has been brewing between them since he arrived on the street, basically, hasn't it? I think it is high time that we had that story, but it does appear that uh, maybe Sue Cleaver can't be on the show as much as we would maybe want her to be at the moment. So we'll let her off. Um, anyway, um, back at home, me- meanwhile, Summer, she has a bit of a bit of a wobble, doesn't she? She has an attack of the old shaky ruse and, um, and faints on the sofa. And um, she's found mm-hmm. later on by Todd and Billy. They have an old, a bit of... Um, you know, funny sound woozy effects, don't they? Um, and and Todd and some of th- Todd and Billy think that she's just um, fainted with the excitement of the gunshots that have been going on in the, in the other <laughs> storyline. She's story not line. a Victorian dowager. Oh goodness me! Hey, what was that? Oh goodness! They're all just uh, someone very... uh, someone undo my corset. They're all very blasé about gunshots, really. Well, I don't know, like whatever. Another just one. another one, another weekly he died shooting. This time. It's like that episode of South Park, wasn't it, about the school shootings? And and uh, was it only? Um, who was it? it? Was Sharon Marsh? I think was the only person in the whole South Park that's like, "What do you mean? This is another school shooting, <laughs> and everyone's acting like it's normal." That really is on Coronation Street these days. Anyway, summer. Um, says that I don't want to have an ambulance I'm and fine yeah she's yeah yeah um, I've just been overdoing it I've just been working too hard I've just had you know an energy and she drink confesses that she's had this energy drink yeah and Billy says I'm very disappointed tut, tut, tut. now how old is she um she must... 15 16 yeah. okay because if she's if she's under 16 I don't know if you're actually allowed to buy them. I don't know. Maybe. And, and maybe we're, you know... We're being very blasé here about I think this. I remember my first Red Bull. And I was probably older than this, to be fair. I remember... I remember. Um, it was very recently. What? Wasn't it? No, I I'm not sure. I remember when I was a late teenager and I was at... Um, I was like at a band rehearsal in the Warwickshire Jazz Band that I was in and my friend Mark had a red this... bull and I thought he was so grown up. These jazz bands, Michael, they're <laughs> bad influence, aren't they? I know, I, I, I maybe had a little bit of a sip of it then. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I don't think I had an energy drink for, for until I was maybe in my 30s. But they're really nice, aren't they? They're very delicious. And red bull, the, the flavour, of course, is electric strawberry, as um, we know. Uh, yeah, apparently so. Um, but I think Coca-Cola and tea is enough for me. But yeah, I, I think that they actually, before we made fun of um, Billy and Summer, um, sort of acting as though this was an illicit, an illicit substance, I do think that they are, they have a much, I don't think I know, they have a much greater effect on teenagers mm. than they do on adults. Yeah, I mean, and Summer's not exactly... She's a bit straight-edged, isn't she? she? She is a bit straight-edged. She's also not exactly built for taking hardened drugs or anything she's like that. Not she's a bit sturdy. of a wafer of a girl, isn't yeah. she? She's not sturdy girl. That's a good one. That's what I am. I'm, I'm sure a good, that, that I'm Harriet a would approve of that. I'm a good sturdy girl and I can have a Red Bull or two. <laughs> yeah, you could drink her under the table, I couldn't could. you? I <laughs> could. If it was a Red Bull competition, 
<laughs> um, anyway, so they're, they're, um, they're a bit worried about this and they end up arguing. And, um, well, she's and... getting really defensive, isn't she? And this is not like summer at all. No, no. I, but then again, what is like summer at the moment? <laughs> because I don't know. I really honestly I do. Sure. I do think this week, I don't know whether it's the costuming or what it was, but she definitely did give me the impression of looking a bit younger than she usually does. Maybe they used different makeup on her or something. I'm starting to get a bit more used to it. I think this week... This is probably the most we've seen Summer since mm-hmm. Harriet's taken over the role, isn't it? Because I, I, I think the co- I usually have loads of praise for the costume department. I don't think I've ever criticised them for anything. But I do think they went wrong with um, Summer's outfit because she looked like a companion on Doctor Who or a children's television presenter rather than a young girl. What a young girl would wear, but now I, I kind of maybe I'm just used to what she looks like, or I think I think so. maybe they've tweaked it a little bit. But she doesn't look; she looked like a parody of a teenager. But now I think I've you know she looks a bit more natural. She's, uh, she's but then still again, not who as believable as, as what do teenage girls dress like these days? I wouldn't even know. <laughs> anyway, Gaddas comes round and then disappears um, like a thief in the night. She's been pulled away from this family meal at the bistro. I know. Um, and then, and um, she suggested that uh, Summer get blood tests. Summer doesn't want all the fuss. Rah, rah, rah. She drops off. Um, and Billy um, conf- um, confides in Todd that Gaddash reckons that it's an eating disorder that Summer's she stops got. Because she's not eating very well. And Billy says she's lost weight too. Yes. Um, and uh, so, so, he, so Billy says to Todd, look, I know we were getting excited about you moving in and everything, but I think that this is far too much drama going on already in this house. Too much upheaval for now. And Todd's... I think rightfully offended that um, yeah. that Billy just sees him as a bit of an inconvenience. Well, in... do you not think that this is also um, a, a bit stupid because he's almost risking splitting up with Todd over this, which is Todd... far more of an upheaval than him moving in when he said, I basically already lived there. Yeah, and I think that having Todd around... As to a, support. To, exactly, as supportive influence would actually be better than... I don't know, but he's a bit of a bad influence, if you ask me. Not where Summer's concerned. I well, think he cares he's... about... I honestly think that Summer is the only person in the whole world that Todd would never hurt on purpose. Even his mm. mum, I think, Todd would, if he could get something out of it. Oh, something yeah. about Summer, his, he has a real strong paternal um, feeling for her, which is very, very sweet. Yeah. He, at the end of the episode, he kind of talks... He says about, oh, I'd marry you tomorrow if I could. And um, it didn't look like, you know... Wedding bells didn't start ringing or anything, but things have certainly family. moved up a notch, haven't they? <clears throat> so I'm I'm kind of guessing that Billy is going to accept this semi-proposal from Todd, and um, there will be a bit <clears throat> more stability. Then there can be some wedding day drama. There, for Christmas. There will be there will be <laughs> scheming from Todd. He's going to screw it up. I'm absolutely as I really 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 want Todd and Billy to stay together, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> it's just going to be back with boring old Paul. Sorry. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> They're clearly... I just sometimes... I just like, clearly, Billy, Todd and Summer are a much more interesting and engaging family unit than Billy, Paul and Summer would be. And I know a lot of people don't like Billy and everything, but I think that Billy is better when he is with Todd than he is than when he's with Paul as well. But anyway, I'm not in charge of the show. But well, things would be very different. Well, <laughs> some things would be anyway. Jenny and Johnny getting back together again. We didn't get to see Jenny at all today, did we? I know. Can you believe this? No. Um, what What do you What are you? I mean, what, what do you think about about the potential for Billy and Todd's uh, relationship? Are you on in the same boat as me with that one, or I didn't even yeah. can 
it's one of these things where it didn't even enter my mind to consider what do I think of it. Well, now I'm not you're that on bothered. The spot. I'm not that bothered. Um, I don't. They're fine together. I don't know. Better than Paul, though. Yeah. I'm not in it for this. What are you in it for? I'm More loving. Gavas. I'm loving the issues storylines, and I really like this energy drink one. It just seems a little bit lightweight, doesn't it? Well, when you, when no, you have, I know it when, is a bit. On the like, one hand, you the... got the story of Harvey de- dealing drugs I out of the fish know. and chip shop, and now you got she's yeah, found one can of energy drink, <laughs> and now she's you know. <laughs> Sama always has been a bit of a drama queen when it comes to illicit substances, hasn't well, she? At least it's not back on the spice again, isn't it? But you'd have thought she'd have built up a bit of an immunity to. But can I just say I've, I've looked this up that. now. Um, UK rehab dot com, and they're talking about like teen teen risks, um, energy drink addiction, um, and one of the most uh, like risk factor for being addicted is to. High levels of academic work, especially round exams. Mm. Well, I, I do like as and much stress. as as much as they have changed Summer's character a little bit since the recasting. I do like how they've kept her as an academic, and and Asher as well. It's nice to have some good role models for it the is young good children, to have children because yeah. it's so easy for Coronation Street and I guess the other soaps to go down the route of oh the troublesome teen. They turn, Pregnancy, you know, rebellions. So, yeah, it, right exactly. And, and you've got these two characters here that could actually really, really have a bright future. I mean, I don't want to count my chickens before the hatch and anything, but, you know, one of them at least might end up going to university. Who knows? Oh. It'd, be, it'd be silly if Summer didn't go to university, wouldn't it? Lots of children go now from from backgrounds of families where they wouldn't normally have. But, you know, she's a very middle-class child. Her, her father was seemed very middle class Billy's the archdeacon mm. you, you know yeah I bet he was gutted on Sunday and was like oh what oh I've got an episode today it's a Sunday I've, I've got to go to work I've been, a, I've been an archdeacon for a year now and I haven't actually had to go to church on Sundays because we don't exist on a Sunday but now God, I'm gonna hope they don't show it don't worry they didn't I also like the fact that someone's like oh I've, I've booked us a meal for Father's Day and he's and Billy's like yeah no problem I'm just the archdeacon. I don't do anything it's on Sundays. Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> oh, that's a good sneeze. That's all right. Should we, should we keep that in? I'm going to keep in that sneeze. That was impressive. I, um, I, right, think, you, I think you wet you, you wet some people's shoulders. I've actually there, got it all over the iPad. <laughs> okay, so one thing I want to say is that uh, this um, say she is addicted. We are, I'm assuming that because nobody on Coronation Street has a little bit of a problem with anything. It's always no. full blast all the way. So I think she's going to end up with an energy drink addiction but the trouble is if you have become dependent on consuming them you will then if you stop taking them go through a bit of a withdrawal um uh, period i didn't i honestly didn't know this was a thing yeah so so some of the things that uh risks for being addicted are sleep disturbances depression acid reflux cardiovascular problems irritability thought fogginess, anxiety, stomach aches, muscle twitching, social difficulties and difficulty concentrating, none of which you want when you're trying to do an exam. Withdrawal symptoms include fatigue, decreased alertness, overall negative affect, difficulty concentrating, feeling foggy, low energy and activeness, drowsiness, depressed mood states and irritability. But more worryingly, the health risks that can be associated with them um, can can be a caffeine overdose, which is when 
you can have palpitations, high blood pressure, nausea, vomiting, convulsions, and you could die. Blimey. This has happened. I remember reading about people having caffeine overdoses of taking caffeine powder mm. because it's not dosed properly. So you don't know how much you're actually taking. You overestimate how much you need and you take too much. You just die. Um, you can also have neurological and cardiovascular effects in adolescence. Obesity, that's one to watch out for. So I don't want that. Um, there's, there's lots of other things that are a bit more like long term, like um, getting diabetes and poor dental health. But I think the caffeine overdose is something might be perhaps. They've kind of stealth lists issues story into the show, haven't they? Have, they? Yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know this was happening. We, we, with Summer, the, the spotlight's really not been on her since Seb's attack, has it? We've seen the odd scene here and there with her saying, oh, I'm finding it difficult. But I kind of thought that she'd be on the sidelines a little bit because she wasn't actually there. See, this storyline reminds me a little bit of what happened with Ollie's storyline, where we're seeing lots of people sort of spiralling off into different storylines based on what happened, because I assume that this is partly down to her being involved with Seb and Nina, but I also think it's also just the exam stress and everything she said about lockdown and stuff. It's all added into this. I really, really liked her how being they brought distracted that in and made it feel a lot more real. Feeling like she can't concentrate on work and going, what can I do? How can I, how can I overcome this? I, I know I'll take an energy drink because it will help me focus. But actually, it's all the things I've just said sort of demonstrate quite neatly that this is not a solution. Mm. If you're... But, you know, the th- we all know, we all know, don't we? Oh, well, if you're stressed, you need to get more sleep and you need to make sure that you have a healthy diet and you exercise. Like, yeah, I know, but can I just have an energy drink and not do all that other stuff? I wish I, I should have <laughs> had some energy drinks over the weekend and I got like, what, how much sleep did I get over the yeah, weekend? Yeah, but it's Barely not a any. good idea, Michael. You're supposed I to go to like bed. I three hours on Saturday night. I know you did, because you got up... Got up at five o'clock to do more flipping school work. Because you spent the entire week. I spent end all of the weekend working. Working as though weekend. as though it was not a normal work day, but a, a far more intense work mm. day. But than... I left school at four o'clock today, so I made up for it. Oh wow, well, Gemma, let's change teachers. stories. Let's go on to the uh, the Leanne story. It's over to you. Have it. Have it. <laughs> on Thursday, um, so it wasn't in it on the first episode. So this is the second episode of the week. Nick, Leanne and Simon are back home again. So all that stuff about oh hiding out. What a waste this of time. Is so, it felt like a massive waste of time. It was like, you know, high drama just a few weeks ago. Like, they can't find where we are. We'll never be able to come back home again, or at least until after the trial. And then they had to move safe houses. It was Sharon was doing all well, that stuff with Ardy's Xbox to try and find out where they were. And it's just like, oh, border, let's come home. Yeah, but let's just remember what actually happened was they agreed with Harvey that they were going to lie on the stand and say that they weren't involved at all. So now they've had this assurance from Harvey that as long as they do what they said, he'll leave them alone. They've ret- decided to return because they, they're not worried. They really should have waited. They, I wouldn't have trusted it. Um, Simon's not very happy because she... As like I said, it's gonna change his evidence. Then we've got um DC what's his face? Glyn. DC Glyn. He comes over to see Leanne and he's fishing to yes. find out what's going on because he's why are you back here? Um has Harvey been in contact with you? What are you okay? And and she's like, Oh yeah, everything's fine and he he doesn't believe her, he thinks the gang have got to her, which is which is very true. And he's it's weird that she's left the safe house it's obvious isn't it she's mm. she's rubbish at lying as well he says Harvey's gang is dangerous and she says oh no I haven't 
haven't heard anything. I don't know. Nick comes back home and she's all all kerfuffled because she doesn't know what to do anymore. So DC Glynn goes to visit Harvey and he's um, saying, listen here, Harvey, witness intimidation is very serious. And this is an interesting scene because we had these two very, very minor characters in the scene together. And when you saw um, Glynn opposite Harvey, your like, first oh, reaction to this is they're in cahoots. No, that would that would have been a great twist. It reminded that would have reminded me. Do you remember when um when it was revealed that um Nathan, Hooch. no 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 I'm thinking of uh, Clifton Neil Clifton oh, when yeah. it turned out oh, that yeah. he was a police officer Ben Copper yeah nothing and I we, hate we, more we... than Ben Coppers oh, H got a mention in <laughs> this week's story did. didn't they? I work for H it was Reese that said it yeah no um I, what was I saying um, uh, Ben Coppers no oh gosh I can't Policeman. remember oh never mind I had an amazing point but. You were saying about two minor characters having a meeting. Oh, no, yeah, no, mm, yeah, no, I was, oh yeah, I was just talking <laughs> about Clifton, wasn't I? Because we saw so many weeks of him at Nathan's sex parties, and then it was like, aha, he's a police officer, and this would have been a, a similar twist. But I don't think it would have made sense in the grand scheme of things, because he probably, he would have known about it by now. But it was anyway. interesting, because it's like one of those, where we talked about before, like in the bill, there's hardly ever, if ever, a scene with police no police officers mm. in it they they all there always have to be a police officer in every scene so this would this is like two characters that aren't actually street residents having a having yeah. a little meeting so yeah he just went to warn him and Harvey's like oh I don't know what you mean so Simon's worrying later and Leanne says you've got to trust me I'm going to do the right thing for all of our sakes and then when Simon's gone she says to Leanne uh, to Nick, I or I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'll stick to the original plan. I forgot what that was. What's the original plan? Keep stum. Don't tell the truth. Don't say that Harvey's a wrong un. So, so that's not the original plan, though, is it? That The original plan was tell everybody he's a wrong un. So now the plan is... I don't even know. I don't think I don't, it matters at the end of the really day. It doesn't really matter. She it's does... what she ends up doing at the end yeah, that matters. Okay. She flip-flops. She does. She's a flip-flopper. Week. Nothing but a flip-flopper. So Harvey it's a goes flipping flip flopper, isn't she? <laughs> she is. Harvey gets on the phone to Sharon later. And he... Sharon's back. Last time we saw her, we were vanishing off in a van a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> He's worried and says, "You have to make sure that Leanne and Simon don't change their story." And she says, "I can't risk going back to the street." And he says, "You're right. We have to take care of this another way." But we got a little set for Sharon's house, didn't we? Makes me wonder how many more out. scenes we're going to have there because it was a you know a proper decently constructed set. Yeah. Was it a set? Or yeah, was it, it was just a, set. a big room? No, it was a set. Well, yeah, it was a, well, you know, it was a house set. Sunday, Sam gives his first ever, ever, ever Father's Day card to Nick. Uh. Um, and, and Nick's like, what are you doing here? And Sam says, don't worry, my mum's on the phone. She thinks I'm in the loft looking at a telescope. Natasha, love. I don't want to stereotype stars, but they're normally easier to see at night. <laughs> what do you th- what's he looking at? When, when he said, Mum, I just need a bit of privacy and going upstairs to with, my, the telescope, with my telescope, she knew, she thought that he meant something else, so she's just let him to it. You can come down when he's ready. She's very nice to give him all that space. Yeah. Somebody's watching them, it's a goon. So they decide to do Father's Day stuff, which some, for some reason involves Nick having to make him pancakes. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. He's a little. Sam's made a list mailer. of requests. Yeah, things I want to do on Father's Day, which involves waffles and pancakes and ice cream, and Nick's such a sucker. This is why I think. 
um, Sam's always running away because if she said to Natasha, I want pancakes, she'd probably give him, you know, whole wheat ones with bananas mashed in. Nick's just, he wouldn't know, would he? He wanted bananas. He'd go to shopping and bananas. I'm talking about the sort of person who says, I've made you waffles. And then you go, oh, lovely. Then you go to eat it and it's not waffle. It's like a waffle shape, but the stuff in it is like whole bran wheat biscuits bananas and dates mashed up together to look like a waffle but actually it's just sadness in waffle form so anyway they they're they're having fun nick rings natasha up to let her know what's going on which is a mistake because she's just gonna meow 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 um she doesn't get it it's just dudes hanging out making waffles what's your problem natasha so this new goon, uh, Reese, his name. Why can't? Why has he got a, a constantly rotating um, parade of goons? What's wrong with Beardo Van Man? I really don't like this. I think it's a mistake, but it does make him look more powerful, doesn't it? That he's got all these goons at his disposal. This makes him look like he can't decide. Okay, you're my favourite goon this you're week. The Reece. goon of the week. <laughs> um, he's um, he's at Sharon's reporting what's going on at Nick's to Harvey and Harvey says get round there and sort them out Leanne comes home she's got balloons she's surprised to see Sam she can't stop she and Steve have to go to Ollie's grave not just any balloons either they're biodegradable non-squirrel killing balloons this really I really cringe when she said that because I can only assume they wrote that in so that people on Twitter wouldn't go I can't believe that you are you're uh, going to let a balloon go. Don't let balloons go because it kills the ducks. Didn't they do that when um when Tina died? Didn't they? Didn't Steph and that lot let balloons go? How times have changed in the past six years. Uh, I'm, I think that's right. I say you can't celebrate Father's Day unless you kill a duck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd obviously you think, think for your rice obviously, dinner, you? <laughs> Obviously, think biodegradable balloons are better than normal balloons. It just just the thought that they had to put that in to stop people from moaning at them on Twitter mm. just irritates me because I know the sort of person. Who would moan about coronation street on Twitter? It's what not sort that. Of it's moaning about things that you don't know. You know what I mean? It, I know, just I assume know. that they're biodegradable. Can't we? Can't we just assume? This is assume they're whatever you want them to be because it's not. That it's important. not real. So anyway, Sharon's pacing the lounge. Reese says I'm, he's going to go and give Leanne and Co a rough, roughing up. She's trying to dissuade them, saying, no, 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 you don't need to. They said they'd do it, so they will. Then she phones Sha- Leanne, Sharon phones Leanne and tries to get her to um, reassure Harvey. She says, he's getting twitchy. You need to ring him up and guarantee you're not going to drop him in it. And Leanne is like, yeah, don't tell me what to do, Sharon, and hangs up. <laughs> so she's like, right, uh, what I need now is my hoodie. I'm a lurking coat. I found. I, I wonder because when Leanne was um, spoken to about that on by the police later on, she said to Glyn, "Oh, as soon as I heard Sharon's voice, I put the phone down." And they were speaking for a good, you know, thirty seconds or so, weren't they? I'm just kind of wondering whether there's going to be anything where somebody's phone records are looked at, and we discover. Hang on a minute. You said that you put the phone down straight away. You're actually Probably talking for for a lot longer. Seems to get into the details. It could. It could be. It could be a little. I don't know, that seems like, I can't see how that would, okay, maybe, yeah. So that shows that you have been in contact yeah, with course. her. Yeah, so anyway, she, yeah, she runs off to help. I don't know what she thinks she's going to do. Leanne goes around to see Steve and they talk about Ollie and his last words. No. Oh, you friend, his last words are new. You horrible man. That's what they said. <laughs> they literally said that. No. His last words were at the zoo. 
Well, his last words, the last time. Heaton Park. Okay, I didn't really hear what they were saying. Yeah. Weren't they just reminiscing about last year when they were together? They didn't say he remember his last words were moo. They did. They literally did, they? did say that. <laughs> they said, it was a year ago today. Do you remember when you went to that petting zoo that didn't actually have any cows in? At least he didn't show any on screen. Okay, Michael. I was paying attention. You pay- I paid attention to we everything. We were on to the final episode by this point. Except this can... one scene. <laughs> because I, I just, so they said biodegradable and my brain switched off. Um, she says, Sharon called me. He says, you should report it. She says, I don't care. I've just want a quiet life. And he says, Leanne, your life is never quiet. And then he says, Ollie would be very proud of you. Also, I really liked the red van that they had for Ollie's grave. That was sweet. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I re- oh, oh, no, oh. No, I saw it. Didn't. Ah. I saw it. I didn't go, oh, yes, red van, Ollie's favourite Well, thing. I did because I care about children. You mm-hmm. obviously don't. Only fictional ones. I don't like real ones. <laughs> Uh, later, Nick and Sam leave for Natasha's um, to go and take him back. And they they just stand around in the street. No wonder they got shot, really. You know what I say? No loitering. Mm. Shoot anybody that stands on the road for longer than five minutes. What You either get in the car or you're leaving or you're not. Or you're washing it or you're fixing it. There's no need to be standing around having a chat in the road, especially not outside my window when I'm trying to work. So anyway, she, they're just loitering. Um... So Sharon. Sharon's Sharon's appeared, hasn't she? She's out up at um, Everybody's loitering up all at the around. Viaduct. Um Nick, Leanne and Steve come back from the grave and they're at the tram stop and they're talking and then they hear a gunshot and they rush over. Sharon's there skulking about, Reese is driving away, and Nick is having a nap. He's down on the floor, isn't he? So Sam, there is, we see the dead bodies and there's an advert break. And um, I have to say that this is a bit of a come on Coronation Street. You did this to us just two weeks ago, having somebody get shot and then you see their body collapsed on the ground and you go, oh no, have they been shot? And, there's this, and then they just hop up and goes, I'm fine. That was too soon after Gary it was too sprang soon. up from the dead. Couldn't they have had a little bit of a, bl- you know, grazed, grazed temple or shot in the leg or something? Or just, you know actually shoot somebody it was just it was exactly the same cliffhanger as we had two weeks ago well when you hear a gunshot in coronation street everybody's like a marionette with their strings severed they all just collapse immediately well summer did didn't she so they rush over and he's like i just wanted to see if you cared (laughs) (laughs) um they just got down because you have to get down yeah isn't that what you do americans they can tell us down if somebody shoots, you get down. Mm. So um, he's on the floor. He gets back up, all embarrassed because he's probably got wet trousers now. <laughs> um, and Sam is ch- chanting the registration plate because he is. Um, he's a, a oh, young savant. Yeah, I was gonna say idiot savant, but that's a different thing, isn't it? Um, so he remembers it. Well done, Leanne. Sharon. She said she was trying to warn me, which I thought was a really bizarre thing. I mean, I know that she phoned her up and told her you got to t- phone Harvey, but usually a character would blame Sharon immediately, but she seems to think that Sharon was there to help her. Yeah. Kind of like... Like a little fairy godmother. Or like a dog trying to lead you to the well or something. Yeah. So I've lost my place. This is when the police arrive, isn't it? She, the police... Yeah, she blames herself. The police turn up... Leanne says, Sharon called me. 
Um, I hung up as soon as I heard her voice. And then Natasha comes running up. And she's like, I can't believe this again. She's like, what? <laughs> I turned my back for five minutes and my kid's getting shot at again. What are you doing? You guys, uh, hope you're happy with yourselves. I would be so mad if I was Natasha. She's completely She's right. mad enough without you. Ah, oh, help her. She can have my energy. Harvey phones Sharon and has a go at her for going round there and says, Reese turned up. Um, she says, Reese turns up the heat for all of us because now you've, it's one thing threatening other drug dealers and, and junkies, but now you've gone round and like a nice businessman and his little te- um, astronomy club son have just been shot at in the streets. Everybody's going to be coming down on us and the police are going to be after us even more. And I was like, oh, I don't even care. Yeah, he says, this is, that, that people will still learn, soon learn that this is what happens if you cross Harvey Gaskell. <laughs> yeah. Now, he's threatening Sharon there as well because Sharon's not really playing ball. He puts the phone down and then he calls Reese and says, I've got another job for you. Um, later, Natasha is telling Nick a new one and Nick says, Sam, you really can't keep coming around here because every time we do, it seems to be some drama. <laughs> It's he so needs true. one of these little zappers on them that when he leaves the periphery of his house, he just gets a little electric shock yeah. or something. Yeah, some know. kind of, yeah, shock collar. And he says, I'll, I'll come... He, and... I would just, if I would, I'd like get a little kit one and he could he could build it for himself without realising what he was it? making. He'd do it even if you told him to, what it was. So Natasha's over this. She's again saying, no, no more. Never seeing each other again. That's it. No more. Say goodbye to each other. And, and this, when we were watching it, was the time that Gemma and I both had exactly the same thought at exactly yeah. the same time. Yeah. We thought she was going to take Sam downstairs and then, and then bang, bang, goodbye Natasha. She's really asking to be shot here. She really, really is. is she, just she for, for story this, purposes. I don't... I really... I was like, I was utterly convinced yeah. at this point that the final scene in this episode would be her laying dead on the cobbles. This is why I thought Sunday's episode wasn't as good, but I think it's because they kind of led me to believe that she was going to die. Also, yeah, something would happen, yeah. Yeah, it was a bit something of a damp. Something more than dead, rather than a the... damp. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> but so... no, it's how Harvey's plan is actually involves um, Reese telling Sharon a lesson, teaching Sharon a lesson. Beating up Sharon, which isn't fair because she's only little. She is. You'd snap her like a twig. <laughs> Nick's heard back from the police. They found the car, but it's been burnt out. And it's nearly bedtime. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> Key just plot thinking point for yourself, now. it's time for me to go to bed now. It is. It's, it's, it's now 11 o'clock. All right. I'm a bit tired. All right, shut up. Nick tells Leanne, just do what Harvey says and it will all be over. And she says, it will never be over. I'm getting stressed about it. I'm going to stand up to Harvey and tell the truth. All okay. Right. What's she going to do, Gemma? She's well, she says she's going to tell the she's truth. Not tell the truth. Well, I think well, she's, she's going to do whichever idiot. one it is that brings the, thing, the storyline to a quick really, resolution. No matter what she does, at the end of the day, it will be the right thing to do. Because we're not going to have Harvey in the show for the rest of time, are we? No. But the thing is, he's already in prison and he's still attacking her. What more can be done? I'm not sure. Yeah, his cronies aren't going to stop, you know, suddenly taking orders from him. Yeah, stays in there. Uh, they're not going to be like, listen, Harvey, I was on your side before you had your trial, but now you've been found guilty. I'm starting to think you're not a good guy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I, wasn't really feeling the drama of this. I don't know what it is. It's a weird... It's a, it's it's a felt bigger, like it's been off, the, off the air for a little bit. But there's a bigger dilemma here than really I appreciated before because I genuinely don't think in real life if 
she was if Leanne's faced with this dilemma, there isn't a, a way out of it because she told Harvey she'd do what he said and he still came after her with a gun. If she tries to get him sent down, he'll still be in the same situation he is in now with the ability to come after her with goons. Mm. So what what do you do? I guess the only thing to do is to stand up to him because you said you'd help him and he wouldn't take it. So Yeah, well maybe if she does stand up to him, all the goons will start, you know, showing her a bit of respect. Maybe she should become a drugs lord. Maybe, yeah, maybe she could join his side. Yeah, and that's can, what she should say. She Listen, could be the new Queen Bee. Well, now that Reese has beaten um, Sharon to a pole. Yeah, I'll be your Sharon. Yeah. I've got blonde hair. Yeah. What more do you need? I don't get it. Think I'm Sharon, Gobby. You think Sharon's going to be okay? She's she going to appear next week with a limp and a black eye, probably. Yeah, I can't... I'm not bothered about her. I don't think she... I think she'll be fine. I think she'll... No, uh I, I think, think she'll be fine. Dead. No, I think she'll get beaten up. She's I'm not going to be killed. She's going to change her ways. And then next time we see her, she'll be all like, oh, Harvey, I'm pretending to suck up to him. And then at the very end of this whole story, I predict she will do something to help Leanne in some way. And then she'll like say, oh, I'm so sorry about everything I did. Anyway, bye. And then we won't see her again. She'll just leave. Yeah, they just, I, I think, just think this story just needs an injection of something to raise the stakes. But, Michael, how can you raise the stakes when people are getting shot? But they're not getting shot. I know. That's the Someone problem. needs to die. It feels it really like it's feels like, like the potential of is... something big could happen. But Why don't they, they don't, shoot Natasha? They just rush with it. I, I really, really hope that that happens because... They can't just keep having Sam being around guns and nearly getting shot and then Natasha turning up going, I've told you before. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's just a little bit I'm too... starting to think you're disrespecting my wishes when I say I don't want my, my son to be shot by a drug dealer mm. it, it, it was it was okay I'm looking forward to the trial I mean I assume oh, next week is to, the trial yeah. um, the end and I, and I hope that's the end of it because it's it's had a it's know... a good story but it needs to end soon because they're, they're if they're not going to up the stakes any more than they already have yeah. then there's nowhere for it to go no I, I kind of wanted to see a bit more of uh, of Jacob because somebody mentioned, oh, well, that the drugs push her from the chip shop or something, and I didn't know whether that was referring to, oh, it's Jacob that's going to be on trial, or whether it's um, whether Harvey. it's Harvey, and I'm guessing it's Harvey just because he he used the chip shop boys, but I don't know. I, don't I know. love that band. Um, let what <laughs> the chip shop boys. Um, let let's reserve judgment to next week. I'm really. I still think it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah, it, it was it was capers. It was it was fine. I just thought when this story came on, it was a bit like oh, I, I really, want to go back to the other story. I really did love Sharon skulking on the corner with her little hoodie. I love that when when the answer, clocks she's like, she just, like does up her zip like Kenny off South Park and scuttles around the corner. That was that was, a, that was quite funny. Yeah, I like Sharon. I do. I think um, it's a shame that they've they've vilified her, but it could well be that. If she's now been beaten up by Harvey, she might see the light and just. I had, it, it I like really she... have no doubt that at the end of this, she'll redeem herself in some manner. I think that she will. Maybe she'll, she'll get shot. Although maybe she, maybe she won't survive this beating from Reese. I don't know. No, she's not going to get killed off camera. I think maybe she'll say, "Oh, yeah, I've, I've realised that I've realised the error of my ways, Rita." But you know, I can't stay around here much longer. Too many bad memories, or something, and then she'll go off, and it'll be a. She'll make a speech about family. Satisfying ending. Families aren't blood, but they're the ones you choose. Yeah. Because you know her. This is her blood relative, Harvey. He's causing all this aggro. Um, but Rita's been nothing but nice to her. Mm. She's never asked her to shoot anybody. No, no. Um, Not no, even Norris. Which no, no been... Jenny this week to have seen um, 
her arch nemesis Sharon skulking around us there. Maybe we'll get <laughs> a little would, bit more of her next week. How hopefully. would Jenny have reacted to Leanne saying, Oh, Sharon was trying to help me? Like, uh, no. <laughs> um, help you into the floor face right, first. I wife. have the great pleasure of um, synopsizing the rutting ties story next. So um, there's a lovely scene with Evelyn and Fizz at the beginning of Monday episode where Fizz is clearly struggling um, with the whole arrangements of Tyrone seeing the girls and and I'm not going to take him to court and everything, but Evelyn reassures her that she's doing the right thing, trying to keep civil with it. Um, and the arrangement is that Evelyn is now going to be dropping the girls off at Tyrone's flat rather than him being able to come and collect them. And um, and Evelyn has a, a a very satisfying go at Tyrone round the flat later and says, look, this is the way it is. And um, I was almost... Oh, uh, it, this felt like it was almost supposed to be our... <sighs> We've all, everybody, not just us, I'm sure, there's lots of people out there who have been waiting for Evelyn to give Tyrone a good old-fashioned dressing down. And she this really, was pretty much it, it wasn't it? It was almost there, but it still wasn't as satisfying she, as I wanted it to she be. Talks I wanted about the him, full force of Evelyn's evil stare and her acid tongue. But she talks about him going around there and knocking on his own door, and every time he has to do that, he realises what he's done wrong. Yeah, I know, but this was more of a, literally, like, a proper... Um, that's more like a slow burn, isn't it? That's going to haunt him for the rest of his life. Whereas I wanted some r- cheap shots. That's what I wanted. A load of cheap shots and jabs. Well, I mean, we got the, the snigger at the portrait, didn't we? She kind of sees that. And just, <laughs> just, like, and just, just the, yeah, her reaction to that was perfect. She didn't make a huge thing of it. She kind of, she shakes her head as she leaves at the end. And Tyrone has another moment where he looks at the portrait and goes, she's right, actually, this is... This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Uh, and then he goes off clothes shopping with Alina later, and I was very excited to see what he would, she would be dressing up as him as next. And um, it wasn't as stupid as it wasn't utterly ridiculous, but I mean, it, but everyone's react or Fizz's reaction, particularly on Wednesday, was just brilliant. But he he's got a very tight t shirt on, and even it wasn't tighter. That tight. Okay, he's got a fancy t a designer t shirt on. What's tighter the jeans that have got holes in that a Chona would be proud of, and. Um, what else did she say? Shoes, no socks. He, uh, and loafers also, with no socks. Loafers with no socks, that's which right, which hate. is the fashion apparently. And he also he had this kind of velvety shirt on the Velour. next day as well, didn't he? Was it Velour, was it? Um, anyway, Evelyn is also there when he does the grand unveiling of his new outfit and she Makes takes the rip out of him, yeah. I find this, I'm starting to find this a bit weird because it is, it is actually possible to have a age gap relationship that isn't like intrinsically... Bad. Like this is this is all about. Oh, I agree. I, I just know, think it's. I, just... I, I like how they're making Tyrone realise that they aren't actually really suited, and he yeah, was this just is attracted the by it's the excitement a, yeah. of it. It's not about making fun of people who are in age gap relationships. It's about making fun of somebody who has fallen for the idea of a person without really knowing them. Yeah. And I've always I've always said this as well that you feel like you're. As you get older, you never feel like you're ageing until you get in a room with people who are the age you think you are. Mm. And suddenly you're like, what the hell? <laughs> who are these people? It you're, is. You're all, kind of, you're all kind of stupid. But then I was at that age and I still am now. And somebody who's 20 years older than me probably thinks the same thing about me. Young people don't realise, do they? No. 
I said I've said this before the, and I say it a million times. You don't get older; they just make more young people. <laughs> the the best line of the week that was to do with that was from Evelyn, where she where Alina's talking about having Hope and Ruby round, and Evelyn says, "Oh, it must be nice for you having other children round to play." That I thought was that was brilliant. brilliant. That was that, that was the sort of thing that I wanted from Evelyn. That yeah. was perfect. Just the, the way that she delivers it as well, the <sighs> patronising tone of voice. I, love I don't it. I, I don't think Alina picked up on it as well, which I is thought, even better. I, poor Alina. So um. Fizz, um, on Thursday um, episode, on, on the second, second one, she goes into the cafe but then comes out pretty quickly because Tyrone and Alina are in there. Still want to and, be around um, And they, they end up meeting up at the bistro anyway because Tyrone's going there with Alina. Fizz is there. She's meeting up with Maria, which was really nice having those two together. Um, I really Emma. like this friendship that has been forged between um, Fizz and Maria, which I know they were friends before. Yeah, they've been friends for like 20 years, but... But it didn't off. really feel like they had been. But now they're totally bonding over how much they hate Tyrone, and it's so petty. I love it. I'd really, I really would like um, them to chuck Toya into the mix as well. She could have been in this scene, couldn't I she? I know, but she wasn't. She, they're both of these are ex. Yeah. Girlfriends. Um, uh, of Tyrone, yeah, that's T- true. Toya was never... No, well, not not for want to try and on Tyrone's part. We saw on an yeah. episode um, just he last week that we were watching that he traffic. was trying to proposition Tyro, uh, uh, Toya in the cabin, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he? When he was like 15 years old. Um, anyway, so Tyrone is uh, is stuck on a table with Alina and Emma later and both of them are talking about Billie Eilish, who I'm just about as clueless about as Tyrone was. You've even spelled it wrong because it's I-E, not uh, I. Okay. Uh, the, the, the girls were talking about oh what pronouns does she identify well, no, with and they start you... looking on Google and Tyrone's like I don't, don't know what you're talking about I'm no. really out of my depth here what what have I got myself into and, and the look that Fizz gives is just perfect she's just kind of she's pitying him isn't she but without any sympathy just, just yeah. like like you would do a beetle who'd fallen upside down like oh it, it was brilliant and, uh, actually no of... I would feel sorry for I'd feel sorry for I, I think I'd turn it back over yeah. I don't think Fizz was going to help Tyrone out. She was just watching on, entertained at this mess that her, <laughs> her fella's got herself into. Because it was his own making. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Um, so, um, she, yeah, this Tyrone is when... comes over to, to Maria and Fizz a bit later yeah. and tries to offer a bit of an olive branch, but Fizz is like, nah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And then just makes fun of his velvety top, this velour top that he's wearing. And he, he ends up hobbling back to his chair, which again, she's just like sniggering about. Um, because he can't walk properly because his jeans, his skinny jeans are too tight. Um, Fizz and Maria just spend the rest of the episode getting sozzled and giggly together. There is nothing more haunting and frightening and scary to a man than the laughter of his ex girlfriend and her friends yeah. in a bar. And then I'm to make sure. matters worse for him, he can't actually bend over at the end of the episode when Alina drops <laughs> the contents of her makeup bag over the floor. And he's just there, he's really, really trying to. And he's he's trying to bend down without making a show of himself and trying to make it look like he I can think he's bend scared down. that he's going to rip his bum open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Fizz and Maria, that's brilliant, fantastic. We also, in that this episode... Was, this was such petty revenge. It really, really was. And like, I'm sure perfect. that everybody on Team Time Rome was saying, look how horrible they yeah, are. They this, were. this really justifies but, the position that many people have taken, that Tyrone has always been um, a henpecked and abused mm. uh, boyfriend of an evil Harvey. <laughs> I honestly believe it's of his own making. And it, it was funny. It was funny. I'm it sure was this, funny. This, I'm sure it'll swing around the other way next yeah. week, and we'll feel sympathy for Tyrone again. But Maybe. I had none for this week. Maybe um, I think we. I think we're gonna feel sorry for him when he falls off his motorbike. Yeah, and I dies. think there's a motorbike accident um, <laughs> imminent here because yeah, Curtis Emma's bloke who appeared 
um, again this week. I thought they were going to go down somewhere with the Emma and Curtis storyline, but it really stalled, didn't it? Like, like, like an broken old broken motorbike. Um, but anyway, he was only in there so he could sell this clapped out old um, bike to Kevin um, on Sunday's a classic, episode. A classic motorbike that needs a bit of love. To yeah, well, Tyrone itself. is, or Kevin's bought it so that with, and Alina's going to pay for it. But basically, Tyrone gets it. Basically, motorbike. what happens is. Um, she buys it for him as a as a Father's Day present, which I think is really creepy and a bit inappropriate. Um, and Kevin yeah, she, she, had. Do you think she calls him Daddy in bed? <laughs> I don't, don't want to know. Kevin's bought this, but Alina knew that Tyrone really wanted it, so she convinced him to sell it to her instead. Mm. So now he's gazumped. He's got gazumped. Yeah, but he's not that bothered. This is a total uh, midlife crisis. Buy, isn't yeah. it? So he's he's got his new clothes. He's got his motorbike. Um, but this is I, kind I, of I, like I'm looking forward to seeing pulling up on this motorbike, looking like another plonker. This kind of just demonstrates how young and uh, I'm not gonna say naive because I don't think there's anything wrong with being a bit frivolous in your youth. But she spent her flat deposit money on yeah. buying this motorbike, and. Tyrone saying, "Oh, I could never afford this bike," and she's like, "Oh, we can together." We don't need to... We can just spend our money on this. It's much more fun. Like, okay, for when you're 20, whatever, you can have fun and buy a motorbike and not worry about your flat deposit. That's okay. But not for not when you're in your very late 30s, like Tyrone is. You need to be worrying about what mm-hmm. you're... You know, this is the time when you're going... Oh, yeah, I forgot to get a pension. <laughs> Not going, yeah, who needs a flat deposit? Um, I feel bad for Emma as well because she wants to, she doesn't like sharing the flat with um, Alida and Tyrone, and now it looks like they're going to be there for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it, you know, I, I, like I said before, I, I think when you're young, you enjoy yourself and do what you like, but Tyrone isn't, and he's got children as well. Exactly. So, what's that about? Exactly. Um, uh, and also, it, it um, brought to mind Fizz's moped that she used to have for me as well. So she she got there first by, you know, She's a good taller, yeah. or 20 years or so. Mopeds um, are safer, surely. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, that's that was kind of it for this story. It was Didn't just it? funny. It was, it was hilarious. And uh, I'm sorry for everybody on Team Tyrone who probably hated it this week. Curtis also was very dark this week. Was like, he? Well, I just that felt he made... It is kind of... I felt like there was some kind of unspoken horrible story about his dad and where his dad is. I kind of did. I didn't pick up on it. Like, did he insinuate he died or he had run off? I can't... I I, I I didn't really pick up on it. But he... When he was trying to sell this motorbike to to Kevin and Tyrone, he just had... He just was looking really miserable and serious. Uh, It was very weird. Maybe. I don't know what his deal is. I think he's something, something something up with him. Curtis's dark secret. Mm. Well, you know, Emma has also got tragic father's father past, hasn't she? Tragic father just, past. Just um, yeah, join the dead dad club, Curtis. It's, the dead uh, dad society. Yeah, the numbers are booming. Yeah, right. It can bit, only ever go up. Really, bit of a cock up, Gemma, at the Winter household. What's been going on there? Now we had a bit of a return of Mystic Bernie, didn't we? Because on yeah. Monday she tells. Um, Gemma, that she's read her tea leaves and everything will be fine because she saw her four-leaf clover in them. As if I they love... have loose-leaf tea at the Winter Brown household. <laughs> I love Bernie's mystics, mad crystal No, I think side. it's silly. I don't, I don't care. People are like this. There are people who are like this and I think it's great. 
the more different types of people in the world, the better for everybody. That's what I say. They, they just don't. If they're going to go full it. on on it, no, like I'd they have it. with Nina and her goth um, dumb, then fine. But if it's just no, the I'd odd weird it. thing, she's a hippie. Colin that she makes every three months when her wife remembers that that's what she was supposed All to be. All right, Mister Grouch. The consultant says. We'll, we'll do the implants. And Chesney says, yeah, we'll definitely want them. And Gemma says, no, we definitely don't. This is basically, that basically describes the story for the week, doesn't it? Yeah. The, the, the doctor says it's not going to cure d- the deafness, but there are lots of benefits. It could help his speech, etc. And Gemma says, what about the, ben- the risks? Like his brain leaking out of his nose. <laughs> which sounds like a more serious thing to consider. Yeah. Yeah, so back at home... Chesney- I, I haven't looked into what a cochlear implant... Uh, they talked about drilling into his skull or something, didn't they? I mean, it's no wonder that Gemma is um, is concerned about it because it sounds like it's not a not a minor operation. No, I know. I, I this I thought this was really good because I think um, when you're when it's the, the dispassionate um, choice, like we're watching this now and we're thinking, well, yeah, get the implant. It's obviously better. But when you when it's your child and you don't know whether it's going to work or not, and what the percentage is, I don't know what the percentage is. No, I don't of know. course, you'd be way more worried about it. Anyway, Chesney's really raring to go, and Gemma's very hesitant. And she's worrying about what's gonna what's gonna go wrong. And he and Chesney's like, no, don't make this about you and about what you're worried about. What about what about him? What about it's Alad, isn't it? Yeah. What about Alad? And um, he, we need to give him the best chance that we can. So, can I, Do you want to know what a cochlear yes. implant is? I've just been doing a bit of Googling. It says, <laughs> it's a small, complex electronic device that can help to provide a sense of sound to a person who is profoundly deaf or severely hard of hearing. The implant consists of an external portion that sits behind the ear. So I've shown you a little picture here. There's a little electronic to... device that, that sits above, kind of above behind the ear. And what's the source, Michael? Who's... Um, nidcd.nih.gov. Um, and and, uh, and there's uh, a bit that goes underneath the skin as well. So um, the implant has got a microphone, a speech processor, transmitter wow. and a receiver, an electrode array. It seems, I mean, it's... It's a visible device that attaches to your skull and there's a cable that goes to like a hearing aid that's behind your ear. So it is a visible... Yeah, it's not like a little discreet, you know, thing that tucks behind the ear. It's a very visible, uh, I don't know... Piece of equipment, apparatus. Yeah, makes you look like you're in cyberpunk. So that's cool. Um, So anyway... They're worried about... Chesney talks to Fizz and Evelyn about it in the shop. And Fizz says, Oh, maybe you can speak to somebody who's in a similar situation as Alad. Who do we know who might be able to one help? one deaf person. It's so Frida. They invite, Chesney's invited Frida around. And I like this because she brought up what I was saying last week about deaf culture. And she says, look... Do your research before you make your decision. But she also, she speak. kind of says, just because I'm deaf, I can't decide for you. You need to decide yeah. for yourself. Speak but she also other. says, being deaf isn't a tragedy. Yeah, she gives and a copy gives... of, bear, can bears ski? And she says they can. Apparently I don't they can. Think deaf they bears, can. hearing bears, they can all ski. I don't, I've never seen a bear skiing. No. Later, Chesney talks to Paul about what Frida says. 
but he says that they should still have the operation and so the argument continues. So on Thursday, Gemma's still in the quandary. Chesney talks to Fizz about it again and she says, you just need to communicate and listen to each other. So he comes back and it turns out he's missed the sign language class and Gemma's not very happy about this. There seems this. to be a running trend of him missing the, the sign language class. And Gemma's just getting better and better at Yeah, it's been cool seeing signing. Gemma doing signing. And Donnie Rose Campbell's got... had to learn yeah. all of the signs plus her lines so she's doing a really great mm. job here um he says he says i've re- reorganized some shifts so i can be around for the weekend and james is good because i'm i've made plans with me mum and paul so tough makes me wonder like, if they carry on going down this route are they going to have them signing a lot and when the boy when alad grows up will they be signing and if that's the case will they have subtitles will they have them signing and also talking at the same time. I or think will they one would of them? Will it sign. be you know like a, you know, sooty and sweet thing where Gemma signs and Gemma says and Chesney says, "What's that, Gemma? You want to know if Alad wants fish and chips for his tea?" Yeah. Well, Frida does a really good job of talking and um, and signing at the same time. So I think that that's what they would actually. That's what they would do. I don't know if they're going to um mm. to continue this, but I really like it. Like I said, I've I've wanted to learn to sign for a long time, but I thought you could get lessons for free, but you can't. You have to you have to pay for them. I thought it'd be easy to sort of find like YouTube channels. No wonder Gemma's miffed that um Chesney's <laughs> missing out on them. Yes. Yeah, so, um, uh, so Ch- Joseph's there making a card. And Gemma, Gemma works out that he's making a card for Chesney and she gets really miffed off because she's forgotten it's Father's Day on Sunday. She's just like, oh, right, yeah, great. Make a card, make a card for Chesney. He deserves a card. I don't deserve a card, et cetera, et cetera. So that was, um, that was kind of funny. What um, are you looking up on your iPad? I'm just trying to find something, Michael. Okay. On Friday, she's forgot... Um, it's not Friday, it's Sunday. She's forgotten it's Father's Day. And a parcel... Co- yeah, he's like, don't worry, Gemma. I don't mind. Um, I just want to spend the weekend with the kids. And then a parcel comes through the letterbox and he goes, oh, you did remember. Hooray. And then he picks it up and it's actually a box of magnetic eyelashes. Which is what Alina really should have used on Hope last week. I don't think you should use magnets on children. Better than that than super glue, surely. You, Hope would eat them. You know she would. Mm-hmm. And then she'd end up in hospital because if you eat magnets, you die. Oh, God. oh yeah, you do, don't you? They're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> not very delicious. No. Gemma, Bernie and Paul are still talking implants. Um, Paul's on the side... Um, Bernie's on the side of giving him the operation and, and Paul's on the side of no. And I never really get why he was other than story purposes. Like, I don't know what it is about Paul's personality. That, that's that, basically it, isn't it? It it's, was just to say... You I need to have yeah. an even number of people on each side, basically. Um, then, Paul is around with Gemma and they're talking about the fact that Chesney... Does, doesn't complain about being a dad and does and changes nappies and and Paul says you need to remember what a great guy Chesney is and the bar is so low for fathers that apparently not complaining about it and doing it is enough to make him in the upper echelons of world champion fathers <laughs> yeah he changes the the kids nappies yeah he takes them out to for ice cream what you know, good yeah brilliant but he doesn't get a medal for it because she doesn't get a medal for it does she all the way through the week she's getting fed up with being taken for granted and then paul literally sits there and tells her yeah you are being taken for granted because you should be grateful that he's actually pulling his weight and Gemma doesn't reply reply with what the hell are you talking about it was his choice just as much as mine and actually joseph is is his kid 
So, yeah, he's got five kids. I only actually have four. In the end, Chesney gets serenaded with sign language. You're such a great dad. I, f- I found this really obnoxious because I'm sure there are plenty of dads who would agree with me that doing their half of the child rearing is the bare minimum. Oh, yeah, totally. So anyway, yeah, as you say, they do a signed Father's Day message to Chesney and he can understand them. And then Gemma says, you're right, let's get an implant put in. Uh, do you um, have any strong feelings one way or the other about whether Alad should get his implant? Um, I don't know whether I'm particularly bothered. That's the only thing. I don't really... Whether he gets it one way or not, as a viewer, I don't think I really mind. I don't think it's going to make him make a difference to the way the stories are going to play out. And if it does, it's going to be many years down the road. I, if I was in their position, I don't know what, what I would say either. I think I would... I think I'd probably be on the side of going for it and thinking about the opportunities that he I think he would get just from almost kind of being able to hear. I haven't heard anything to say what it is that would be negative. Like, is there something about that? Well, the leaky going... brain, isn't it? Apart from the possibility of, um, apart from the possibility of it going wrong, well, is there something about? them getting this done that is well, going wasn't it to... about you know not turning you back on deaf culture but um taking away I don't know, the way god made him or however you want to look at it you know it's but wasn't that part of it i'm just looking this up because i i'm pretty sure that i watched a documentary about this and i can't find it if this is the one but there is one called sound and fury which is um, a 2000 american documentary about two um is it it's an american families who have children who are deaf and they're trying to decide whether or not to get these cochlear implants or not so there's so it's really interesting um it's really interesting because like i said before um the possibility is that you don't become part of deaf culture which is something that you could you you know abandoning deaf culture and the the, the, there's actually quite a rich world of yeah uh, is is it going to impede your chances of becoming part of that are you going to end up basically not being deaf enough to be part of deaf culture but not being hearing enough mm. to be a hearing yeah, person yeah. so is that i i think the i think the negative aspects of this haven't been articulated beyond Gemma's worrying well, that... this this is Gemma that's good would be trying to articulate them to be fair which is probably why it's quite not done i, I can talk i can barely string a sentence together at the moment but you know what i mean yeah I, I have, like I said earlier, I have appreciated that this story has given an opportunity for Gemma to show a bit more of a, a sensible side. She's not like, you know, eating with her mouth open or anything yeah. this week. I really I really think that if you're interested in this, you you guys should um look up some, some deaf culture documentaries and movies just to because I don't think that I've really articulated very well what deaf culture is, but it really is a a world that yeah it's a thing isn't it um and i just i just had this really vivid memory of watching this documentary and there were two deaf people that were having an argument with each other and it was brilliant because when they got annoyed so they were signing furiously in each other's faces and then one of them would just turn around so it's and i thought oh yeah like you can't do that when you're a hearing person (laughs) you can't not listen to what the other person says but when you're deaf you can just go nope not even gonna look at you and then the other person would like was like grabbing them and trying to turn them around and like trying to sign to them to to get them to yeah to understand what they were trying to say i just thought it was just that just that very simple 
mm. scene of those two people and something that I'd never really even thought about. I think I remember you telling me about that before. It really, really struck me because well, that's the sort of thing I do. The only thing that's really struck me with this this week is when we got to see Alad and it's like, I oh, know. you're not a baby anymore. On Mon- it's been a year was- since we've seen you and you're walking around and everything. It was Monday's episode and that was the first time I really missed not being able to live tweet because I wanted to go, oh my God, everybody, look at Alad. He's all grown up. We only he- got to see like around. a quarter of the quads, didn't we? But yeah, that was quite cute. It was really sweet yeah. because these, these quads really have just been like in theory for mm. the whole time. For the whole of lockdown. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes me wonder whether have they cast um, a deaf child to play Alad now? I mean, it may well not be the same kid that's playing him now that was, you know, baby in the cradle 12 months ago. And it would seem like probably quite a sensible thing to do to cast somebody who is, you know... Also got a similar impairment as uh, as Alad in the um, past. It's the it would the be the, the sensitive thing and the sort of the modern approach to casting to to do that, wouldn't it? Mm. To cast a, ch- a child, which so they also... say um, we can cast your child, but you've got to get him a cochlear implant. He's not allowed <laughs> to have one at the moment, but he's got to have one at some point. I don't know that that's a little bit uh, going too far, um, but yeah. Uh, so that that was cool. It was nice seeing Frida. Um, Strange that there was no mention of Norris. The last time we saw them, they were... I just were think it inc- would be too complicated and add, add some I, unnecessary... It was just a bit sucky that she was only in one scene. Maybe if Ken had still had been here and not still doing cartwheels in Southampton, maybe they could have had a bit of a, a moment together, like, oh, how's it going in Stillwaters? How's Norris? I understand. You got, got your marriage, yeah, that kind of thing. I understand why you're saying this, but I just think that the pacing, it would have thrown off the pacing of the week and I... I although I would have liked to have seen it too, I just think that it might not necessarily have been what we particularly needed out of. Out. I don't know. Oh, anyway, it, it, it's lovely that she's a character that she she's been you know how long she's been in the show now ten years ten plus years maybe just having her back and forth every now and again and and the fact that even you know even over five years since Emily's left the fact that we're still seeing Frida is quite nice isn't it. Um, finally can I just say oh, um, if you want to um, find out a bit more about um, about what it's like to be deaf in this country um, there's a lady that's got a really good YouTube channel she's called Jessica Kelgren Fozard or Fozard and I how are people some... supposed to search for that what well what do it'll you auto complete Jessica Kelgren Fozard alright I'm sure you can bloody work it out. Why are you being annoying? She's got an entire, um, what's it called, playlist about um, her deafness and wearing hearing aids and talking about, like, for example, her struggles when we had COVID and people wearing face masks, so it's difficult, she can't read lips, and so she's talking about sign language, and, um, yeah, she's, and she's, she, there's, um, she doesn't sound deaf at all she there's, there's even a video where she explains um why oh, she yeah. she's got a before, very very beautiful proper english accent mm, mm. but um yeah listen look her up and also i'm pretty sure that the movie that i mentioned earlier is a pretty good watch mm. right final Sorry. story then that's all right we've got the winter into Devendra story which is basically the make the falling out they're making up again because the last thing that yeah. we saw of this was Dev bad-mouthing Bernie in, uh, to and Steve and the Rovers last week yeah Mary overhearing so um, Dev's kind of um, 
brushes off Bernie at the beginning of the week where she's asking to go out with him. He's like, no, no, it's all right. Ar- and Ardy cool. says to him, look, they're, they're not exactly knocking your door down at the moment, are they, Dad? I think you should get in there while you've got the chance. So he says, oh, yeah, Bernie, yeah, fine, let's go to the bistro later. Mary, however, um, gets in there first and tells her exactly what she overheard in the Rovers last week. So when the pair of them turn up at the bistro together, Dev knows that he's in trouble. He gets a glass of wine knocked over him courtesy of Bernie and she tells him exactly what she knows, strops off and um, that's the end of that. He, um, Dev then goes to have a go at Mary who gives a quite nice little speech, a little bit of a sunflower analogy about how um, she's also been on the receiving end of plenty of cruel remarks over the years and um, it's not pleasant and you need to appreciate people for who they are actually Dev. So um, he goes and brings uh, Bernie a bunch of sunflowers basically at the end of the episode and says, I hope we can be friends. Bernie has a nice smile. She's pretty chuffed with the flowers and it's kind of left there basically. Well, she says I've got plenty of friends, but what I would like is a pay rise. Oh yeah, that's right. And she he gets agrees a pay and rise gives her... I don't know whether they're dating or not. I think at, at, the, I think at the moment they are friends, but with the with definite benefits. potential of... Um, I think more, Bernie a little, seems like a few weeks sort of down a, the road. a friends with benefits kind of a girl. Don't she, you think? Like, I don't want to complicate my life, baby. Yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. Um, anyway, that was all quite sweet, but um, nothing more to particularly say about that. I really need... We didn't say last week. I really need Dev and Bernie at Halloween to get the Ouija board out. What? Why? Because De- Bernie is very mystical and a woo-woo yeah. chick. And Dev is easily spooked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because of uh, uh, the black, black ball, ball butcher. butcher. I want to see Bernie and Dev. And Kirk, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's oh. pushing it too far. And other assorted people doing a, doing a seance in the, the old snooker hall to try to make contact with the black ball butcher. <laughs> right. Because why does everything Dev. have to be serious all the time? Nothing is serious with Dev. Um, okay, we have done it. I think we're pretty much at the end of our quarry journey for this week. We do yeah. still have some news and feedback to do, but I think we're going to record that tomorrow. But before we go for today, um, we need to give our scores on our character of the week. Well, straight away, no que- no question about it. My character of the week is Nina. She was fantastic. Yeah. I loved um, I loved seeing her. You know, hit the bottle. I saw. I loved drunk Nina. It was it was tragic. And, yeah. and seeing, you know, how she was spiralling downwards, but she made a very good and entertaining, tragic drunk. Also, the performance, when she was screaming at Corey, I just thought that was yeah. fantastically done. Absolutely. The, and the, the lurking threat. at the hotel, like, I've not seen better lurking since The Grudge and The Ring. Yeah. She was amazing. She, she was <laughs> she so, was... so, so good in everything <laughs> this week, so... Very easy character of the week for Nina. Yeah, um, I agree. Score with you. wise, Nina's for me too. Um, as I said, when we were getting through Monday and Thursday's episode, I thought it was quite a good week actually. Sunday, kind of let down a little bit, but maybe I just had too high expectations. But I think, I think for what we got beforehand, I'm happy enough to give it um, three and a half leaky brains out of five. I just have this really vivid image of because you've been doing mummies. Talking about how they hook the brain out through the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really vividly stuck <laughs> in my head now. Um, I'm going to give it four. Ooh, four this week. Four dead-headed chrysanths. Because we don't just slag the show off. We also kind of like it sometimes. So yeah. I thought it was a really good week. Right, I really enjoyed week. it. I, I'm, I'm kind of getting used to binging it. Um, After only one week. don't know if it's my preferred method of 
consuming it. I couldn't do this. It's now, what's it? I got home from school at about half past four today. It's now 20 to midnight. And we've been doing almost nothing but curry. I need a bit of a break from it. And I'm I'm a bit sad now that we have got to go a whole week. I don't even know what the schedule is next week, actually. Is there one on Monday next week? I honestly don't know. I'm assuming so, but we might I'm be later on in the week. I'm assuming they always upload it on a Monday. I don't know what they're going to oh, do. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course it will be. Yeah, yeah, that, that would make sense. Of course, dirt. Um, oh, so a long time without it. Yeah, I'm tired. Well, but as don't I say, worry. We have, we've got some classic There's Coronation never Streets to watch. If you go back to 1999, we were just about to see um, Sharon Bentley getting married to Ian, or almost <laughs> getting married to Ian. That's oh, where we're up to. That's where the whole trouble started. Yeah, indeed. Um, and uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to this whenever you are listening to it. Are you listening I know, to it midweek or, really or is it Sunday and you've been waiting for this podcast to come out? I, I don't know. I hope it was worth the wait if you have put this one on ice until the weekend. But um, I think with that, um, we'll, we'll, we'll end this and we will move news. on to the news. Welcome to the cabin, everyone. It is the next day. It is Tuesday now. I've just been watching my Nintendo thing. It's been all right. And we're going to bring you some news before we get this uploaded, hopefully later tonight. And first bit of news is some congratulations, isn't it? Yeah. Another curry engagement, or ex-curry engagement, I suppose. Kim Marsh is now going to be getting married to her partner, Scott Radcliffe. Well, not right now. He's going to wait for a little bit. She probably wants more than 30 people there. Um, and he proposed to her on her birthday, which is lovely. Aww. So congratulations, Kim Marsh. Yeah, Hope congratulations. you have a lovely, lovely wedding. Yeah. With lots of guests and cake and stuff. Yeah, why not? But you got to work out to make sure you you don't you don't lose those rock hard abs. Um, let's not say anything. She can do what she wants for her wedding. <sighs> what? Oh, <laughs> Why say the wrong thing? I just telling her to she I mean, she has a All good right. wedding. Michael, yeah, great. She let's wants. do the next news story, which is TV Choice Awards shortlist. Uh Charlie Demello did not make it onto the shortlist, Gemma. Well, What's going on <clears throat> with the world? Um, Who did? It's an in, it's an unjust universe, isn't it? The, his time will come. Well, I think that they Coronation Street needs to step up here and give him some stories because I think we've all we can all agree that we would love to see Imran in some really meaty stories, and we think Charlie would be fantastic. But let's talk about the shortlist that has been released. The Best Soap Actress shortlist. We've got Shelley King and Sally Carmen. That's correct. And she's going up against somebody from Emmerdale and somebody from EastEnders. So yet again, we have Coronation Street with two votes and everyone else with one vote. So um, hopefully that doesn't bode too Curses. badly for Coronation Street. But um, so talented. There's some really, really... Oh, I, I struggle to know to choose from from there. I know. It's both like, of those are like personal favourites of, of yeah, mine. Yeah, they really, really are. Both really lovely people and fantastic characters that they play and they're talented as well. It's actually sickening. I should they Should they get that. an award or, you know, should they leave it for people like us who are never going to achieve anything in our lives? It's not really fair, is it? As for the best soap actor, we have got Chris Gascoigne versus David Nielsen. And a couple of other and people other from people different soaps as well. Yeah. So that's quite cool. Now, I love it how like, all this time after joining the show, David Nilsson is still getting praise, the awards. Praise, and, praise. He, and he has he has these periods where he's not been in it much. But uh, he's, he's been really, he's really coming to well, his own in the last We've you know, spoken a lot so, about Roy and um, Roy's story over the years and, you know, worrying about him post Haley. Yeah. But I think that um, they, the writers have found a really great, partnership with him and Nina oh yeah it's been and a new works, to life with the character yeah it works really well at the moment same same with Chris uh, playing Peter um, 
I know that he's got some big fans out there and the current storyline with his method acting. Yeah. Well, I mean, both both of those very, very solid, long-term, reliable... Sturdy. Yeah, Coronation Street (laughs) actors. Yeah, great. So nice to see them getting uh, getting this far. Good luck. Well, if you would like to vote, you can do so until midnight on June the 25th. So you've got 10 days as of recording this to get in and vote for them. And you need to go to tvchoicemagazine.co.uk and... um, and cross your fingers until the September the 6th. So it's going to be a little while until we find out who actually um, lifts the prize virtually because yet again they're having an online ceremony. Virtual. Yeah. I, when, when are they going to stop that? Don't ask Boris because he doesn't know. No. I mean, I would have thought that maybe at that point they might be able to you know, do it. But I suppose it's one of these things like we don't really know so we can't really plan it. And Of course. I hope I, I hope it's going to be soon when we, uh, when we get back to... Of course, everybody wants to get this over and done with. That's not, that's not a controversial opinion of mine, then. I don't I think so. I hope that this is over soon. I think Fed up with it. I want actual done. soap awards with red carpets, please. Yeah. They can just turn up in their pyjamas for all they care. I know. Let's talk about a different thing. Thank you for that fantastic link. Well, this is something that I believe came <laughs> from the Daily Star originally. And um, if you if uh, award ceremonies in September do not float your boat, then maybe this boat will float your boat because it's about, <laughs> it's about a cruise ship that you can go on yeah. in September, oh. sharing the seas with only William Roach. Wow, he's not afraid of coronavirus in September. No, no. Well, he's I mean, like, he'll be he's, he's had it, hasn't he? That's why he's been off oh, for a right. while, isn't he? That's why he's been doing cartwheels in Southampton. He'll be cartwheeling all the way down the Southampton docks and onto the cruise ship in this one. I don't know if it departs from Southampton. If but it does, we were going to go and find him and accost and him point. and say, can we come with you, please? Yeah. Um, He's going to be doing some kind of audience with show there. Like talking about his time on Coronation Street and um, regaling the the cruise guests with his many years of stories and anecdotes on Coronation Street. Like, I don't know, that time he pushed Anne Kirkbride up against the door at number one. She wasn't expecting it. (laughs) She cried. This has, I don't think this has been like officially confirmed or anything. So we'll mark this squarely in the rumour territory. But according to an insider, and they sound like they know what they're talking about, William will be the guest of honour on the cruise. The organisers are confident his star power will boost bookings. Millions of viewers have been watching him for decades, so he has a lot of fans. (laughs) He'll be speaking about his years on Corrie and revealing some behind-the-scenes secrets. 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 It's not an inverted commas, but it might as well be. We are hoping he will reveal plenty of gossip. Right, well, what is he? Yeah, he can say whatever he likes. Yeah. Um, I mean, so... the only person I think who could rival him for gossip is probably Barbara Knox. Oh, yeah, I bet she could. I, I bet she could. Love... She's too much of a yeah. lady. I would love to play her with a bit of gin, see what she says. <laughs> well, he'll be the guest of honour, so I expect that the other guests are feeling a bit miffed to hear that. Well, and that whatever. is Lulu and Catherine Jenkins. Are you sure it's Lulu? You've written Lula. Lula. New Lulu. Lulu. That Lulu. Lulu. I don't know what Catherine Jenkins sings. Uh, Probably not as banging as that. Um, Yeah, so I think they're going for a certain um, audience by getting those... um, they are definitely... Particular acts on the cruise. People of distinguished years, I think. Um, and uh, do People I, over 40, so we're probably I, not I think, invited. Well, I'm going to include myself amongst the people that would be enthralled by an evening with Lulu, Catherine Jenkins and William Roach. I would go if I was offered a free ticket. But sadly, it will be in September, which is school time, 
So I'm I can probably go there. not allowed. Yeah, well, I mean, if it is going from Southampton, which again, I think it's probably not, we could at least go and, you know, wave them off. Yeah, point, yeah. Uh, it's it's imagining, 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 no, no, imaging, imaging, <laughs> imaging cruising We're that, are, um, that, are, that, are, that are running this, apparently, allegedly, reportedly. So if that kind of is thing sounds... Is this going to end up being like that bloody soap Well, stars... I did wonder whether we would bring that What's up. What's it called? Yeah. Soap, soap on a boat. Soap, I don't... No, soap on a boat. No, the the people that said that soap they were going to do the cinema thing and then and have all these, you know, a touring. Do you know that? Yeah, I definitely remember that. Yeah. Well, that, that was, wasn't, great, was that not it? on a boat? It was. Oh no, that no, was, was going around. Cinemas. They were going to have people. That's right, going around yeah. cinemas. All these big soap Celebs. stars. Um. So, yeah, they're just it fell and through did completely, it. didn't it? Oh well. Who knows? Keep your eye out on that if you like the idea of cruising with William Roach. Sure, we have a lovely time. And remember, the point is cruising and boozing. Yes. That's yeah. the whole point of a cruise. Definitely, and schmoozing. You don't have to drive home. Cruising, boozing and schmoozing uh-huh. with me, William Roach. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. There's not been a whole lot more news <laughs> this week. Tell. To be honest, but I that, that one, that tickled my fancy. So I thought we'd include that. I just want to quickly say, I mentioned before, you're talking about uh, the twins and, uh, no, the quads and being deaf. And talking about cochlear implants, and I mentioned and mumbled my way through saying that I had watched a movie. Oh yeah, we've watched it. Since I then, have watched you? it again. It was definitely Sound and Fury. Um, I posted it on our Facebook group. Um, infuriated a couple of people because it is quite a frustrating watch. I have to admit. Um, so what's it about? The story I didn't see is about it. two two fam. Well, it's one big family, but the two they have there's two babies and no there's there's uh family with a baby and a family with a five-year-old girl thing i think she's five yeah and they both the the parents of the girl are both deaf and they're trying to decide whether or not to get her the implant and the parents of the baby are both hearing and they just they're trying to decide and basically i I won't spoil it for you but there's a lot of people who who are deaf and they talk about deaf culture and what it means to them and I don't, I, honestly, I don't think you need to agree with them or disagree with anything they say. The important thing that I want you to get out of it, really, is just to understand what the argument is to begin with. Because I don't think that, um, unless you know very much about deaf culture, I don't think that you would really it even like it consider... might help you to, um, look at this, this quad story in a different I don't, light. I just don't see, the, I just don't always feel like I need to watch something to agree with people or disagree with them. I just find it interesting to hear a, a different perspective that I might not have agreed with. And whether or not you do agree with what people are saying on, on the documentary, it's um, very human to watch people struggling with these quite important life-changing decisions and being scared of what the future holds holds for them so um you can find it on youtube you just have to type in sound and fury and it comes up with um italian subtitles but you can just there's nothing on there it's just completely in english with um cool 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 thanks for the plug and can i just re-plug millie gibson's um just giving page she's doing her she's doing her run go and give her some cash for the sophie lancaster foundation yes and um with that let's uh, finish off the podcast with a bit of news no, feedback. Feedback even. We've just done the news. That was Correct. the news. <laughs> that was the news. That was the news. I'm going to shuffle my papers. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I know that the news has 
feedback in the form of tweets from famous people when like someone dies or something but can you imagine if the news was news and feedback and they just read out facebook comments from like sharon and it's, it's the way that it's going the news is already full of people i like, don't think we Coronation should have street fans shocked by blah, blah, blah. i just don't see why we should go back down into lockdown and i don't want to because i want to go down the pub and then someone else going, well, Sharon should shut up because she's not a scientist. <laughs> I can do it. I can do all the, any feedback you want. I know it all. Well, here's some I'm better for feedback. It, I'm against it. Because it's from our lovely listeners. Yes. Let's move on. Hello, we're back again Here's for the, the feedback. No, shut up, it's a feedback section. I got it wrong, okay? All right. Thank you, everybody who has voted over the last few days on our Facebook poll. I've had to snatch your results a bit earlier than I normally would. I usually would leave it till the end of the week, but fortunately, we have had a good wrong. crop of people voting and some fantastic scores. It averaged out this week to be 3.48 out of 5. And I think we both gave it, did we give it 3.5 out of 5 last week? So, broadly in line with people on the Facebook group. Good to know. Stuart gave it 3.5 Lighthouse Family Requests by Time. At a nightclub yeah, nice. out of five. That was a great line. Um, Chad gave it four prawns fished out of the bin to put off potential rovers buyers out of five. Oh god! And Not, never has an has prawn have prawns been so abused since Toya Battersby poured antifreeze. I know, over. I know. Just let them rest in peace. Yeah. These poor things. These poor little crustaceans. They gave their life for a prawn cocktail, and how do they end up abused? <laughs> Judith was my pick of the week though who, who gave it three furry chaps out of five and some miniature bongo drums to hide me modesty <laughs> thank you very much to Judith thank uh, you Judith you've just when you said furry chaps I thought you were talking about you shut up there's only one of me there's only one Michael I know. You just um, hastily opened up our Twitter because you put a poll on this morning didn't you what's I all did. this about I just asked people what how um, now that all of the episodes have been loaded onto the hub so this is Tuesday now. So all the all the episodes have been on for, gosh, nearly forty eight hours. I don't know, for uh, a day and a half. Let's maths. say 36. they've been on for maths hours, and um, I just wondered, um, have people have had the choice now if they want to binge them or not? I wondered how people were watching them, so I asked everybody because I thought I could just ask. Good night, so I did, and we've had one hundred and forty eight votes so far. So um, not loads of people, but. Enough to really see that it hasn't really changed since I put this on. So, um, sixteen percent binged it all at once. Forty-five uh, percent are watching it live. Twenty-four um, percent is just watching it as they as they want, dipping in and out. And watching a bit here, a bit there. Fifteen percent of people are doing something else, which I assume is to do with having um, being from a different country and not being able to access them all at once or, yeah. you know, being from Canada or... Yeah, sounds like it. Um, well, cool. Well, I mean, that that kind of tells us something about maybe our, our potential audience. I mean, I don't know. Are we are we going to be having a lot of people holding this episode in reserve until Sunday night? I don't I know. know. I'm getting... Are we going to be totally out of date we by We don't then? really care about um, downloads and stuff. We don't have advertisers or anything. We don't need to worry. We haven't got any pressure from that perspective. Um... But it does make me wonder, are we gonna are people gonna just skip listening because they're gonna assume we're out of date by the oh, time yeah. they get to Sunday, they think, Oh gosh, no, this is this is from Tuesday, this is I really don't know. I think I think we're doing the right thing by releasing it early. I really do not know for the what people, the right thing is, yeah. For the people that um are watching it early, we're giving people the option, just like Coronation Street is giving people choice when they're putting it on on Monday and, and I mean definitely from what I'm seeing and looking around the internet people don't seem to be as 
hacked off as we are about the fact that they're doing this so I don't want to moan about it even more it is what it is and hopefully just before we I'm not moaning about it I'm just worried because I feel I've said this before I know I know um, and I wish people understood where I'm coming from here I don't know if people do I think people do but it's not to do with whether or not I I personally like like this in fact it's almost a bit bit more convenient for us in a way but um, it's my my concern is that it's detrimental to engagement. So, and if that's not the case, bland, bloody fantastic, and I'll be the first person to applaud if this it has a positive net impact on Coronation Street. I just can't see how it can. So, but I'd be very happy to be proven wrong. And I'm also very glad to see that most people are happy, at least yeah, yeah. with the decision. Oh, it's great that people are being given choice. It absolutely is. It just, it feels like me and you aren't given choice. But that's our, you know, but we've made the choice. I know we've made the rod for our own back with this, haven't we? Anyway, it was quite fun watching it yesterday evening. It was a bit of an event, but I I would hate that to be every week. Oh yeah, I don't mind it for four weeks at all, but every week thinking we'd we'd have to do that. But you know, we'd stop complaining about it because we're not... Let's let some other people complain about it, or maybe praise. I don't know what these feedbacks are about. we've had a mixture. I think originally um, we had people sort of just kind of saying, oh yeah, I agree with what you said on on the podcast or whatever and then a lot then we had a bit of a backlash of people saying god i'm sick of all the moaning which is quite funny and i you know i agree it would be very annoying to listen to people moaning if you if you enjoyed it and obviously also um i know that lots of people really like this football stuff that's happening what um and there's there's going to be a a match i know uh scotland versus england uh on Friday at eight o'clock. So thank God we didn't have to decide <laughs> what to watch then, so we can enjoy. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get cracking with some email reading, Gemma. No this is from Rachel, who says, "Hi, Michael and Gemma. Hello. Hope you're both doing well in these I'm confusing fine. scheduling times." I'm alright. Okay, so I'm just gonna outright say that you have a big Carla and Peter stan above your listener, above your listeners, among your <laughs> listeners. When I read the first line of this, I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> we're gonna be in trouble." No, here. no, we're not. We're not. Usually, I praise everything that a couple do and the storylines they are in, but this week on the fandom Twitter, there on the fandom Twitter, there has been a shared sense of disappointment regarding Peter's transplant. Plant. Warning, this may be a long rant. Right, can I just say, oh, above top, this is fantastic. Thank you very much for talking to us about this fandom and uh, what you guys are thinking and stuff because um, it's not something I've followed very closely. But I am really interested in all these little pockets of, of fandom. As long as they're, you know, not ris- they're not disrespectful of other people. It's not, it doesn't sound like they not are. not cliquey or anything, but it doesn't sound like this is at no, all. this is, not this from is Rachel, great. Anyway. No. She says, I'm aware that the liver becoming available out of the blue was true to real life, but there just didn't seem to have any drama or suspense around the storyline at all. For the past six months, this storyline has possibly been one of the more dramatic storylines and constantly made us question if they might actually kill off Peter. But when it came to the moment that the storyline and years of Peter's alcoholism had been leading up to, it just seemed way too simple and easy. Like, when Peter went for this operation, there was almost no doubt to the audience that he wouldn't survive, because surely they weren't going to kill a major character off on a random Monday. Now, obviously, I'm aware that some people might not be as invested in the story and weren't too bothered that it didn't really continue throughout the week, but it indicated to us fans that Corrie might not be showing Peter's recovering from the transplant on screen. I've always felt that rarely showing the recovery or aftermath of a major event 
that had months of build-up has always been one of Corrie's weaker traits. However, with this storyline so far being so dedicated to showing the reality for people in Peter's situation and how ill they can become, with Chris choosing to go method actor and use and the use of incredibly realistic yellow makeup along with the research details regarding the way Peter could deteriorate, it almost seems like an injustice and a disservice to people who are actually going through this. The problem doesn't end straight after the transplant. However, the fandom have actually created a theory that Peter will at some point go into rejection and that's when Adam will get tested and donate part of his liver. Corey have previously had two transplant storylines, Tracy and Carla, yet haven't explored the idea of organ rejection. Uh. The whole drama surrounding Adam choosing to opt out of being a donor, only to be made irrelevant literally the following week, also seems random unless they are saving the fact that he is a match with Peter until he actually needs it later in the story. Plus, ever since Adam slept with Carla, I was always convinced that Adam would end up donating his liver to Peter for the pure irony. I guess I just have to, at the back of my, uh, I just have at the back of my mind the fact that in April 2019, Sinead was ringing the bell celebrating that her cancer had gone, but eventually died from the disease in October. Is this another sense of false hope? Now, being a fan of Carter, I have convinced myself that this theory, and I couldn't be, I could be entirely wrong about all this, but one I read that wrong. Yeah. I could have been entirely wrong about all this, but wanted to know your thoughts. What your thoughts? <laughs> I've done so well with this email. I've just blown it at the end. Being a big fan of Carter, I've convinced myself about this yeah. theory, and I could be entirely wrong about all this, but wanted to know what your thoughts were about this idea. There we go. Did it. If you don't have any, that's fine too. Um, don't have any thoughts. Don't have any thoughts. I have thoughts about everything all the time. Very strong opinion. Organ rejection. Love You're it. right. It's not anything that I've particularly considered. I, think I don't. That. I don't even know. I but mean, I thought that I, I'm not an expert. I'm what? no doctor. Really? I assume that if they find a match, they find a match, and, well, and they're sorted. But no, don't clearly be silly. not. Really? You didn't know about organ rejection? No, I didn't know about organ rejection. Okay. Well, you know that you have to take drugs, don't you, for the rest of your life? Um, well, that, I'm, I believe that is the case from what we've seen with Tracy. So, yeah, so you, yeah, it can just all go wrong. Okay. So that's interesting. I totally, totally get what Rachel's saying about the story feeling like it's just disappeared into the, into the ether after it's all like these months of build out. up. Because it has been one of the major dramatic stories this year. It's not been the one that's gripped me the most, to be sure. But definitely there have been some fantastic moments when I've been really worried about, you know, blimey, they're actually going to kill off Peter here. Yeah, no. And now I'm, well, until I read this email, maybe, I was thinking... Oh, that's oh, all right then. Well, he's over then. And even, you know, since the operation, which was, you know, was it Monday last week, I think, we've not seen hide nor hair of him. So we're just kind of led to believe that, yeah, everything is okay, which is a little odd. And I do agree with what Rachel said, that they're not always the best at showing the aftermath of events. They like to have a big build-up to it, maybe a little bit of a whoa, winding down from it the next episode, and then it disappears off for a couple of weeks. It's very, very tricky, though, because you run the risk of you know, audience burnout if you just have the story on and on and on and it can get very depressing. I've yeah. said, you know, I've and I think that the um, the filming blocks have also got a lot to do with it as well, haven't they? I love this theory. I, I'm totally convinced. I know, I mean, I, I, to be, I hadn't done much theorising of my own for this one. I hadn't, you know, predicted where this is going to go or anything. But yeah, the description here sounds quite convincing. I mean, at the end of the day, though... Could it still end in um, Peter dying if that happens? Do, does Adam have to get retested because of the organ reject, rejection? He's not been tested at all. Oh, sorry. Does he have to be tested because of the organ rejection? 
and he's not a match and Peter dies? Or does he get tested and he's a match and he doesn't do it and Peter dies? I, I just don't know. Or, or does he do it, he's a match, and Peter says, now nah, you're all right, mate, because he's been very zen about it these past few weeks, hasn't he? He's not been, you know, pressing for Adam to whip out his liver just so that he can have an extra, I don't know how many years of his life. He might you know, go gracefully. That's not the right way to put it. I don't think so. Why? I don't Why know. should you just give up being alive? Well, like, Peter has definitely had moments like that. Sorry, I mean, guys, he was... I'm, being, I'm being too awkward. I'll just die. He was purposely trying to drink himself to death at some point, wasn't he? You know, he had his, he had his flask or his glass of vodka or whatever, and he was flagrantly drinking it in front of Carla. Just deciding to die because you think you're being too much of a pain. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I like that theory. Maybe... Maybe it will happen. I don't know. I well, I just wonder what um happens if you're like is it super is it is it really bad like obviously it's really bad. It's probably worse th- a better thing That's what I mean, No, but what I mean is like so so he's waiting for the liver. So we know it's it's kind of urgent he needs the liver as soon as he possibly can. Um but he's not going to necessarily drop down dead. But if your liver is being rejected that's the only one you've got, and it's actively sort of dying. You, it must be really, really urgent. So, yeah. from a soap sort of storytelling perspective, that's true. That actually. makes it makes a very uh, strong case for 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 that being the most dramatic way to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I, I like that. Nice, nice idea. Nice theory, Rachel, and the Peter and Carlton, Carla fandom. Gemma, can you read Rebecca's tweets out, please? I can. What are you looking at? I'm just, you know, trying, are you trying just to find seeing some stuff what, about what happens about the iPad out. What happens if you have? Um, seems to take quite a long time for this to happen. I what? don't know. Chronic liver rejection doesn't. It's not very common, and it takes no. quite a long time. I don't know. All right for the moment, possibly then. We don't. But, you know, know timescales in don't... slopes don't necessarily line up exactly with how they do in real life. Just a just an ongoing disclaimer for everything that we ever say in this show. Don't take pay any attention to no, us. No, we don't know what we're talking and about. And certainly don't take our, any advice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rebecca says, Okay, first thing to mention, this Alina and Tyrone going to bed all the time thing. It's wearing thin. I really feel for Emma. That picture was mega cringy, though, and I really um, should make Ty think, I'm too old for this. I love Hope, though. She's brilliant at being evil and manipulative. Fizz has done the right thing in backing down and listening to Evelyn. I really hope that when Tyrone wakes up and realises what he's done, Fizz will have moved on with someone else. I also agree with Gemma. Alina is batting her eyelashes and pretending to be innocent. Speaking of manipulative people, Daisy's got Jenny wrapped around her little finger. I still believe she wants to rose and I wouldn't be surprised if she was using double glammy money to to purchase it. We also think that she might want revenge on Jenny for what happened to Tom. And again, please don't let it be Ronnie who buys it. Anyone else but Ronnie. (laughs) I did laugh at Daisy showing the Welsh man around and using a bad smell to get him away. I love Benny this week and I love her and Dev, although I really hope Mary overhearing Dev doesn't ruin things. I also love Daddy as well this week. Love Nina this week and really hope that Asha is the one to bring her back around. I wasn't sure if it was Seb's coat that Nina was wearing, but if it was, that was a really sweet touch. Glad that Peter has finally got his liver, but until he appears back on screen, I'll still be concerned about him. Highlight of the week was Daniel correcting the punctuation mistake. That was so funny and typical Daniel. Double Glam is getting boring now, but I thought maybe it's a cover-up for something else, like money laundering, maybe. Finally, I quite like the Alad hearing story and assuming it will carry on into next week. Character of the week is Bernie, and I give it three punctuation mistakes corrected by Daniel Add three. Five. Five. Sorry. <laughs> I can't do math. Three reading mistakes. Um, 
Yeah, the money laundering thing, I don't think so. I just think I just think it's a thing about the evils of MLMs. And I do think it's an important message. I just don't feel like it's really... You know how they, sometimes they, they needed Coronation it to be Street... Shorter. I know, but I also feel as though Coronation Street sometimes like bashes you over the head with things in a really clumsy and obvious way. Mm. And I don't really feel like they're doing that enough with this. I think that it needs to be way more obvious that this is a bad, bad idea. I just think yeah. that MLMs are going to be preying on more people as we come out of the pandemic and people start, you know, there's even more economic effects than there were before. People are going to lose their jobs and they're going to start getting desperate and they're going to think this is a way to get out of it, especially if they're being made redundant and they end up with a bit of money. They think, oh, I'll just invest it in this business. You're not. You're not investing it in a business. You're just buying stuff. Mm. And um, I, re- I really fear, because I think it, they pray it, these these businesses prey on people that really can't afford to lose. It's just I still find it very odd how have. Daisy, who seems to be quite canny, is you know all gung ho about no, but double listen, The thing about it is that you you can make some money out of it, but it you have to be a bit ruthless. Which which she is. And you, I don't want to malign anybody who's made success out of an MLM. If if that is, in, I don't really know how it's possible, um, but. It it definitely requires you to be a bit more daisy and a bit less Sean. Mm. <laughs> Good point. Um, our final email of the night is from Nancy, who said that Evelyn was wonderful last week because she was able to get Fizz and Tyrone back to more reasonable positions. Hope was wonderful, the way that she was able to manipulate Alina. Fizz is stronger and smarter than Tyrone or Alina, though. When did you Tyrone... see this top chumps thing? Sorry, sorry, Nancy. Did oh, yeah, I did. you see this top chumps thing that they... That ITV have put up where they've. It's not top scored... chumps. It's look, it's it's football cards. Football. football. It's the summer of football. But you know. Um, yeah, but they've made they've given stats to um, Tyrone and Fizz. Well, and... I know. I think Fizz gets more points. That's all I cared about oh, on right, that one. Then. Okay, I'll give them. A... You, do you want to find it? Yeah, and I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll carry no, on reading it's fine. this. It's fine. Nancy says, "I love Sorry, the way Nancy. Daisy was able to get rid of the potential buyer. I hope Jenny finds a partner so she can buy the Rovers, though. If it's Ronnie, I hope he is a sleeping partner. Not like that. Bernie and Dev are wonderful. I loved how Dev was showing off to Steve. <laughs> We're not supposed to love that. <laughs> Nina is going to need to help to get is going to need help to get past all the pain she's feeling. Carla is a great person to do all this. I would love to see Carla reach out to Nina in an Elsie Tanner manner." Oh, Elsie Tanner Manor. I hope meet Peter. I'd love to live there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope Peter does well. I hope he can start over and have a new life. Chris and Ali have been brilliant. It's surprising that Sean's still involved in Double Glammy, though. I feel that Daisy loves the, the, the company because she is so good at manipulating people. That's just what we just said. Um, I hope we can learn something about the deaf culture through Gemma and Chesney. And I give this week's episodes three and a half vodka ice cream milkshakes out of five. Yes. With the character of the week of Nina. Yes, yes. And that is it. Yes. We have reached the end of this episode. I don't think we've got any other feedback. No, I don't I think, think anything else has come in. early for people. Yeah, I mean, we'll just have to get into a bit of a new rhythm with this over the next um, the next month or so, won't we? We'll get used to come it. Come on, the people that have binged it are supposed to be the hardcore fans. Where's your feedback? Where's your hardcore what feedback? We, what we expect from you, you've got to put, do your part as well, everybody. Okay? Don't just expect us to do all the work here. After we... we you, goes live at six o'clock. What I expect from you is within four... I'll give you four hours. Within four hours, you've watched it. And then I'll give you another hour. And I want an, an essay describing your thoughts and feelings and predictions for where you think the show's going to go. Within within 24 hours. Yes, please. 
But, Otherwise, but what don't you put do? any spoilers in the headers of the email because no, it might don't. pop up on our email yeah, feed. Yeah, please don't write something then, like, like hmm. can't believe Evelyn got murdered by that sunflower seller. <laughs> um, right, I am going to leave it there. We have got um, we've got another bonus podcast to look out for coming out Saturday. I don't know, you might have even listened to that first if you wait until the end of the weekend to hear that, uh, to hear this. Um, but until then, you can get in touch with us at conversationstreet at gmail.com or you can leave comments on our blog. That's at conversationstreet.podbean.com. Um, please give us an iTunes review. That would be lovely. We haven't had one for a few weeks. Five stars only, please. Um, don't forget, you can also check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify. Don't let Todd steal your account. Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon. And that's it. I think we're done for our first of this week's weirdo scheduling podcast. Weirdo. Um, so I'm going to get this all mixed together nicely and uploaded for your listening pleasure on Tuesday Thank evening. You so maybe, for you know, drive to work on Wednesday or whatever. whatever. It's all yours. Thank you for listening, everybody. We really appreciate you and your support and your time. And we hope that you've enjoyed this week's episodes, no matter when you decided to watch them. And Thank you for your understanding about the predicaments that we're in as well. It's not the end of the world, it's Michael. Not, it's not. I think maybe we just don't mention it next week. <laughs> we'll just... We can't just keep going on and on and on about it. I certainly don't want people to get, you know, we've said know, everything is possible to say. We have. We've and it's made something our we point. feel passionately about. And it's, it's you know, it's not, it's not through, um, and it's not, we're not trying to attack anybody. We're not trying to be ungrateful. We're just literally voicing an opinion, which has been voiced many times now, and it's time to retire it. If anyone else wants to email us some feedback, voicing an opinion on it. Uh, what I, about a positive one? Try and convince us. No, Go it's fine. It. If some people think, it, well, most I'd say most people really think it's a good idea. So yeah. Good for you. You know, I'm not going to say about all the good ideas that people thought. See you next week, everybody. Awful, like putting lead on your face to make yourself look super white that wasn't a good idea was it but you know even the queen of england thought that was brilliant back in the day let's not remember let's not forget that let's anything go else no, we're going it. goodbye that was the only bad idea i can think see of. you everybody <laughs> the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs>